0: This week, guys, we're, we're having a serious episode because things need to be said and just to kind of get out our feelings and to bring up the discussion. Again, we're, this isn't, like, going to be a political podcast, but as a group of people of color, like, we, we definitely feel that we should speak on it and just let everyone know, you know, how we feel and just the general feeling surrounding this. So next week will be a little more back to to the normal but we definitely wanted to take this time to, to address everything happening right now. So no anime book club or anything this week. Um, If you have been watching just for next week, watch uh, Shield Hero. So it's 10 through 12. Guys, doing tired.
1: I've been better. I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel that. I feel that. I indeed have been better. And this has been a time. Yeah. And it, it's it's crazy though. Like you know, um, this whole week, like I'm speaking to my I'm speaking to my people about it. You know, friends, family, just people that I to- just even associates and shit. And like. I always... Like, people always are, like, trying to figure out, like, what exactly is, like, what are we trying to get at? Or, like, what is the um the solution to whatever problem that is present? And I'm, like... I'm realizing now, like, everybody got their different ways about going about it. So I think I'm just appreciative of that. Like, whether it's, you know, protesting, um, you know, um, I guess even being here, like, actually, like, getting to talk about it with y'all, like, roundtabling it like this, in a way, it's kind of... Not kind of, I mean, I feel like it is productive conversations that need to be had and held you know
0: yeah Uh, like i mean for you being part of the at temple um i mean just our relationship like i've always just had a diverse group of friends and being in multiple different pockets especially in high school and things like that right from like being in band with matt to like our dark ass lacrosse team yep (laughs) everything else yeah so um and then i mean at this point it's It it should just be a human thing, but it's like if you care about anyone black, like have anyone that you care about that is black, like you can't just stay quiet on things like this. And then also like this being a podcast of people of color, me having two black Mm co-hosts, no matter what the platform is, no matter how small it is, like at least we have something that we can talk about. And like you said, just to get out feelings about this because it's a lot like this is heavy ass shit. Yeah. Like, um. And that's really why I wanted to have this. Is why I wanted to have you guys here. We have, we already have Matt as a resident white person, but especially <laughs> you as an educator. Like, I really wanted to have like you come in and to see everything going on.
2: Yeah, you
3: know, I think, yeah, this is like, it's good. Cause it's like, you know, you've been seeing these things on like social media. I mean, I've been living on social media like way more than I have. And even, and I'm a social media junkie. And it's just like, you don't, you want to step away, but you feel like you can't. Because every, like, hour, every two hours, something new is happening. You're seeing some new video, you know, things like that. And you want to stay in the loop about, you know, certain things. But at the same time, it's like, it's just, it's just draining. You know, sometimes you got to take a step back. And you got to talk. Like You can send out tweets. You can only send out, like, you know, there's a tweet limit. (laughs) I don't be on Facebook like that. I think I post, like, a picture for the first time in, like, which is my first post in, like, maybe two and a half years. Right. Uh, But... It's just there's certain things that it's it's better said than written. Like the message comes across better. Mm-hmm. You can articulate it better. You know you don't have to worry about punctuation. Yeah, tone of voice. Yeah, tone like of voice all sort of you know like things. That. like Yeah, and it's like talking, like like Miles said, talking amongst like peers. Because you know the only people I've been able to really talk to about this, like, I guess, in person is family in my house, and then like some people that came over at my house Saturday. Because my mom, I guess, doesn't care about social distancing anymore because it was her birthday.
0: It was, my dad's <laughs> birthday it was my dad's birthday on sunday so we had like we had family over yeah we had like stuff,
3: 12 so. we had like 12 people over i'm like so no more social distancing huh mom <laughs> okay i mean i get it that's your birthday Shit, wish But i'm
0: about to go play volleyball today <laughs>
3: <laughs> but but yeah it's just but it's getting like i guess i've only had like older people's perspective right. and their perspective is kind of skewed because they're not on social media like that so they're only really getting their news from like CNN. tv mm-hmm. cnn msnbc fox whenever CBS. you bring stuff to them it's like did yeah. you see this stuff that's actually happening that's like yeah. in my face and they're like i, I didn't so like the didn't only know. thing they really know about is like the looting and the rioting mm-hmm. so it's like you know trying to talk to them about like hey i mean it's really not like that it's probably about maybe like maybe five percent of the people that are actually you know doing these bad things and the majority is actually you know good so yeah, and like, like, same with like a social media
0: thing, man. It's like every morning, it's like you get up and it's just like a habit. You just pick up your phone and you go on social media, see what's going on. But it's like, it's waking up and then just seeing so much heavy shit, whatever happened while you were asleep, whatever happened yeah. at night. It's yeah. like, it's rough. Especially on and the West like,
3: Coast. So it's like, yeah. cause you wake up, you go to bed. I'll go to, I'll go to bed at three, all right? I'll wake up at 12. Scroll and I'm like, dang! Like they was really like wowing in Oakland and mm-hmm. Seattle, Seattle especially. I didn't really realize yeah. like how crazy Seattle police was until social media. i was like, dang! And they're only on bikes, It's was kind of funny to me because it's <laughs> really? just like, yeah, like Seattle police is like all bikes. I haven't seen like one Seattle police car, That's weird. but they got squatted up on bikes, like the uh like they the sixth graders cars, in South Park. They probably do, <laughs> <'Cause> but. <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs>
0: You're gonna arrest someone and just be like, "All right, you sit on the pegs." It's like they just always <laughs> squat up with
3: the bikes, right? And then when they're trying to like, I guess arrest yeah. somebody, they just all form a wall with their bikes. It's like, damn, it's kind of funny as hell. Right. I mean, it's not funny, but like at the same time, it's like, not for sure. Bikes. I, I, I understand. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, with that, you mentioned already, but we do have a guest this week. So we have our star, Toby soundman, significant other, his better half, Laura, and she is an educator. Um, so what grade do you teach? And like, whoa just you can just I don't I don't really know exactly how to intro you but it's like you know I'm really glad that you're here and that you agreed to do this
4: Yeah no thanks for having me um I will like never pass up an opportunity to talk about my kids um Awesome So yeah so I uh, teach middle school music in the South Bronx um, okay, I'm sure. in District 7 um so it's 6th 7th and 8th grade so I get the kids when they're 10 and they leave me oldest to, like 15 okay
2: so. gotcha those so,
4: are my babies I mean,
1: <laughs> how long have you been um how long have you been a teacher out there
4: uh this is just my second year Your second year. um okay. that you know got kind of chopped in half mm-hmm. by the pandemic <laughs> right
1: yeah well, yeah definitely for but sure yeah this. what made you want to well circumstance but like what what made you want to teach out there or did you just end up out there i guess
4: um <laughs> kind of both i did kind of just like land in District Seven in the South Bronx. Uh that wasn't like my my plan. I didn't think that I was gonna end up teaching in the Bronx. Um but I knew that I wanted to teach in an urban area. For sure. Um because it's like really relevant to what's going on right now. Um because I personally feel like a lot of white people enter primarily non white spaces when they teach and they don't do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um so with everything that I learned in, like, college and being near an urban center and seeing what was going on in those schools, I was like, this is really wrong. <laughs> and the whole system is broken, and I want to, like, try to figure out how to help fix it. Um, so instead of staying in small-town Syracuse, where I grew up, I was like, let me just go to the biggest school district in the country and try to figure it out. <laughs> so, what's
1: your What's your experience been like?
4: Um, It's been... A lot <laughs> yeah. um, it's been a lot of good Culture I
0: shock a little bit,
4: yeah, <laughs> um for sure, um, and I have always been like super conscious of trying to figure out how to enter the space and not be harmful to my kids um because of the racial difference um and so that that was a lot to learn, um but I adore my kids like with all of my heart, I love them, and it's been like. A really good I feel like I'm in the right space um right now so,
0: so um especially being in that environment my thing is like it's the same because you're a teacher no matter what but especially in the music space like I feel like that's an easier way to relate to your kids I feel like especially mm-hmm. at least three of us I don't know if you did any music in high oh yeah school. I did, yeah I did band all right so that's the real like, did like, yeah, band ninth grade. but um I mean like we all had relationships with our music teachers to some extent yeah and um I just feel like that's definitely an easier way to to bridge that gap a bit but then also just as an educator you do have that role to teach people and especially like if you're in the South Bronx like obviously it's going to be a lot harder on those kids than most so yeah. how do you how is it just managing those dealing with everything that's happening outside of the classroom and also teaching to that extent of just kind of the world around them
4: Um yeah I mean music is like the bridge I feel like in a lot of ways, um, between just different people and different cultures. And, um, I've always tried to like teach my kids, the music that matters to them okay. and makes sense to them. Right. Um, so like this past, before we, before the pandemic Shut us down. Um, We were actually in like a whole hip-hop unit. We were talking about rap music and my kids were writing their own raps and um, producing music in the classroom. And it was like really cool to see what they were coming up with. And a lot of the kids, without me even prompting them, were like writing these beautiful songs about what was going on just like on their block and in their families and all this stuff. And I was like, the kids are just so brilliant and they're so – aware of what's going on mm-hmm. and that's why this whole situation right now with all the protests and stuff is like it's really hitting me like my kids understand everything that's going on um and you know right now i'm just trying to like be there for them Right. um that's like all i really can do is like be be a space for them to like talk about how they feel and it, it's been a really crazy like flip in the last week of that
1: so um so do you think that like i mean i mean you know we we know how crazy of a situation it is like going on in the country right now but like do you think that your reaction to like everything that's going on right now would be different like had you never interacted with these kids or do you think that you know being with the, these kids kind of amplified those feelings more i guess because you sympathize with them a little bit in terms of like you know just being around them and stuff like that
4: yeah, I think that the fact that I have been working with these kids for two years has, yeah, made me more empathetic um, and been able to, like, understand more clearly what's – how they feel and what's going on because, like, I'm seeing these kids in front of me. Like, I'm seeing them come into the sp- to the school from the outside world and, like, they talk about what they experience outside. So, yeah, like <laughs> – Being around them has completely changed probably the way I would have reacted to everything now, honestly, like, then two years ago. And that's—that is part of my white privilege. Um, You know, like, two years ago, prior to working with all these kids, like, I could have sat in a space and said, you know, this isn't my problem. Um, Which is why I know a lot of other people are getting angry about what's going on. But, yeah, I mean— my kids are my world, and I'm just like, I hear what they say when they come into the school, and I'm like, it's changed my whole perspective on everything. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's-
3: Do you say, like, when you first started, because you said you, you started, like, two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you first started, did you th- feel like there was, I guess, a level of, like, at the time where you had to build the trust of the kids? Um, you know, because I know it's not, like, I don't, I don't know about, like, like you guys, you know, in terms of, like, you know, how many years you went without having, like, maybe a black teacher or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, it kind of, it almost just, like, kind of becomes, like, normal. And I remember somebody asked me that question, like, a few years ago. I was like, oh, when was the first time I had a black teacher? And, like, I thought about it. I was like, I had, like, a gap of, like, maybe, like, five years where I didn't have a black teacher. So like, is it, was there, was it a challenge maybe relating to the kids at first, or was it just, like, an immediate, like, you know, you were their teacher, they trust you, you know, something like that.
4: Um, No, they didn't trust me when I walked in. Um, And I wasn't expecting them to. And I think that that's, wow, when I said before how, like, there are a lot of white people who don't teach Mm -hmm. black and brown children correctly um, because a lot of teachers will walk into those spaces and just say, no, I am teacher. You respect Mm -hmm. me. You trust me right now. And they, they, like, command that and I don't think that that's the right way to approach it because, like, who am I to expect my children to trust me when they're looking at me as a white teacher and they see all of the horrible things that white people are doing to them outside of the school? I I can't expect that from them and that I didn't. Um, so that's kind of, like, I walked into the building and I was like, okay, all I can do is continuously show up for them and prove to them that they can trust me and just teach them with as much love as i have and i just have to prove myself to them that's honestly the perspective that i walked into it with and i think that that's something that other white educators really need to hear is that you can't walk in and just expect ex- expect everybody to to listen to you right away and to trust you and respect you because you have to earn it <laughs> and yeah
0: Come from someone who's felt like they've had multiple racist teachers over the time. That's nice to hear.
4: Yeah. That I'm issue. my school actually had a really crazy um my my poor kids have been through so much in the last um two years at that school. Um because we actually had a white principal that hired me. Um and I didn't really you know, I had interviewed all over the Bronx and I had had various principals of different races interview me. Um, so when, you know, I walked into the school and it was a white principal, I I was coming into it a little critically. And I was like, OK, let me look at how many, you know, white teachers do I see when I walk in the building? Like, what, what are the what's the vibe here? Um, and at the time, it didn't seem like too off, like different teachers of different races also interviewed me on the panel there. Um, And then I got hired, and I showed up at this school, and I realized that there were way more white teachers than teachers of color, and I realized that the year before, this principal had done some really horrible things and was very racist and very discriminatory, and it was just, like, I walked in and I was like, oh my god, this this is why the system is broken, because there's people like this Mm -hmm. trying to teach in some place like District 7 in the Bronx. And um, this principal was ousted at the end of the year (laughs) and now we have a new leader and she's Latina and that's like the primary demographic in um, District 7 is Latino. And um, she went and hired a bunch more teachers of various backgrounds and the whole school environment changed. The whole school environment became much more positive. It became much more inclusive and like I saw a change in the kids, like the kids that I had in sixth grade, now in seventh grade, like it was almost night and day of how they interacted with adults in the building and just how I could tell that they were like more comfortable and felt safer and learned better. Um, so it's, it, it was crazy to me just to see like how clear it is like when you have white educators who are actively being racist in the classroom, like it is detrimental to the kids it is not okay. <laughs> it was awful.
1: <laughs> See that? Um well, just getting away from the classroom real quick cuz i mean everything that's been going on i guess like i guess we could start with the whole like George Floyd thing. I mean, i'm i'm sure you've seen the video at this point like but what do you what was your reaction to it? Like what was your like how did you feel?
4: I mean, i felt like when i first saw the video, my first thought was like oh my god this is happening again, Um, and I felt really sad and really angry because this happens too much. It's everything is broken, everything is wrong, and I was just filled with, like, this anger and sadness.
1: How do you feel like, well, I guess a follow-up to that is, like, how do you feel like you can be part of the solution? You know what I'm saying? that makes sense Mm -hmm. i can expound on it if you need me to like
4: yeah no i think um i mean i think as a teacher i feel like i can help by you know teaching my kids to stand up for themselves and use their voices um and also like me personally even outside of being a teacher i mean i'm like trying to talk to my family members and I'm trying to call them out Mm. on all of the stuff that they say and I'm like do you I'm trying to point out all the ways that they are racist and try to teach them how not to be um and you know I'm talking to my white friends and I'm saying like hey guys like we need to go out there we need to do what we can to support this movement um you know, I'm looking into the places that I can donate and I'm trying to be as much of an ally as I possibly can.
0: How has that been? Like, have, um, have you had backlash from, like, friends or family or things like that coming at you? Because that's definitely not an easy thing when it comes to calling out, like, people who have that relationship with you.
4: Yeah. Um. You know family is a very challenging thing with that um and there are quite frankly family members that i have no love for anymore because of the things that they say and the beliefs that they hold um and i don't really feel bad about that <laughs> cuz i don't i don't feel like they 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 don't have a right to your time to hate. yeah yeah and they don't have a right to to <sighs> There's no, from my perspective, right now, there is literally no reason why you should still be saying like all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Like everything is out there, everything is in your face. Like if you don't, if you don't understand why we're saying Black Lives Matter, then you, you're ignorant. And so, yeah, I'm. Th- those are some hard conversations that I've been having more lately. Every single time something like this happens, you know, I, I get like, my family members are the ones that'll go back on my Facebook posts and, you know, get into Facebook. I'm getting into Facebook arguments with my family members. And I'm like, uh, what? And are supposed to be
1: on the same page here. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I'm just, uh, that's been like the past couple days, especially I'm like seeing the post crop up and then. I'm like, instead of getting angry because I do have a fiery temper with all of this, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um, I have been like, you know, messaging, like texting them on the side and being mm-hmm. like, OK, listen, like we're not going to go into Facebook thing right now. Like we're going to talk about this. Um, right.
1: Yeah. yeah. At this point, it's like saying all lives matter is like JT breaking his kneecap and John saying. Well, all, everybody's broken their kneecap before,
3: you know what I'm saying? Like like all joints matter. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my knee hurts, but no, nah, what about your arm now? Nah. Yeah, like, you know, At least your arms okay? Like, <laughs> you know, like every everybody yeah. broke their kneecap like you know. Yeah. I guess it's for everybody, but I think you know, the, I think the one surprising thing out of, out of all this, maybe not surprising, but I guess the shock of just how many people you grew up with, went to school with, you know, thought were you know, I guess morally you know, Sounds. a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then seeing just like what their true colors are in this mm-hmm. instance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, there's always hints throughout, you know, like there's always like those little incidents where you think, like, wait, what? You know, it makes you double, you know, double back. But yeah. has that, you know, is has it been like that for you guys? Just like on Facebook or Twitter or, or social media or whatever, uh, seeing people that you grew up with not having the stance that you thought they would? in this type of situation. it was funny? Um
0: I I'm definitely gonna bleep his name because we know him, but uh this is a Latino person and then super pro Trump and it's like never realized until like because I Instagram algorithm and then tweet stuff like that. And then I remember seeing it and I was like like what? What are you doing? And then it's like all right this is a quick unfollow like things like that. And this is someone you expect. Like this is someone who was below us in our grade who we knew well from brand, band and like other stuff and then also a kid i grew up um with in elementary school who was like good good friend family friend another um Hispanic guy and um he just like super trump guy too and it's like what where what happened in this because it's like you can't side with someone with those ideals yet your grandfather is an immigrant and doing all these things yeah. and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah. and then it's moments like that and even now especially where it's like silence does speak volumes. And like I said earlier, if Mm -hmm. you have someone, like if you care about someone black, like you can't be afford to be silent. Like me, it's like I have very close friends that are black. I have family members like my nephew is black. Like my girlfriend's black. Like I've it's it's part of it. It's culture that we all embrace, whether you know it or not. So it's it's now especially it's just it's upsetting when you see things or you expect someone where it's like, I'm gonna wait for you to say something. And then now it's like, it's, I'm glad that you're doing it. And then, you know, call out your people. I've seen Matt do it too. It's like, call out
1: your people where it's like, why are you silent? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Like
1: things like that. Yeah, yeah I know my, Y'all know that, like I'm not on, or you don't know, but I'm not on social media. <laughs> I, haven't been on, I haven't been on social media probably since like October. But so my, my experience with with talking to people on this has been a little bit different. But what I will say is I do believe that everybody has a moral obligation to, to this. And I think the mm-hmm. best way that, you know, that black and brown people can fight together on this is just it's to at least just stay unified you know because and and i don't like to compare struggles because everybody got their own different plight Mm -hmm. but you know you see how the how how um the lgbtq community steps up and the way that they kind of get together when it comes to things like this and i think you know even though this is a, a more drastic example of civil unrest I'm just happy to at least see that people are protesting and people are peacefully protesting and people, I'm not going to say I'm happy that people are looting, but I understand why people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody is going about this and expressing their anger in, in a lot of different ways. And it's unfortunate that, you know, that we have a president that really just doesn't seem to care about the situation. He just sees it's... it. <sighs> oh, yesterday got me so heated. I just think that the the focus has now become the protests and the protesters, and it's gotten away from the message,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: What we're actually what we're actually fighting for. I don't know if any of y'all have seen the movie Do the Right Thing, but it's kind of it's kind of sim- sim- similar to that. Maybe some of our listeners have. So yeah, it's just it's frust- it's frustrating on all ends. But I think like as a community, we're doing the best we can to like get together
3: at least and you know try and fight this thing the best way that we can. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think. Honestly, I think the most infuriating is, uh, you know, the people that are like, oh, like once, it, once the looting started, right, then it like, it's crazy how like maybe one or two instances of looting totally diluted the whole entire message, right? And then after that, it was just like an, an avalanche of, of stuff because the more looting, the more looting that happened, the more people was like, oh, see, blah, 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 right? And then like the, the confusion with like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and people with these huge platforms, these conservative platforms tweeting, you know, posting these videos of people looting. You know, mind you, a lot of these videos have white people in them, mm-hmm. and it's kind of confusing. Like, yeah, I was I'm like, <laughs> how, how are you going to put a Black Lives Matter hashtag in there and say, "Oh, look at the looters!" A group and, of white people destroying a bank. Yeah, mm. I was like, I don't know if you guys seen the uh, the video in Atlantic City of the three like three white people going into the van store, mm-hmm. breaking yeah. into yes. it, running. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like really? I was like, all right, see, that's how that's how you know it's not black people because black people ain't ain't looting vans like. <laughs> But, no. <laughs> but I mean I think it's the, the back to my original point, the the most infuriating part is people that are outspoken It's like, oh, they shouldn't be looting. Looting's not the way. All right. Well then what is the way? And then people get silent. So it's like, how can you exactly. be so mm-hmm. vocal about what not to do, but have absolutely zero input on what to do? Because you can't say, Oh, it should be doing peaceful protests. We tried that. We've, like, been trying been a, that. We've been tried that and got ridiculed for it. I mean, Cap lost a job. Like, you call, you know, call a spade a spade. Cap got blackballed in the league because, you know, he, he knelt, right? Mm -hmm. You had your vice president literally walk out of a football game at the start of, during the national anthem because players were kneeling. You had the president of the United States call NFL players sons of bitches. You know, it's like, okay, well, peacefulness didn't work. So now we're at violence. And if violence is the answer, then please tell me what is. I just, I I just don't know, and they, and they always going to hark back on, oh Martin Luther King, blah blah. I'm like, you know how much violence there was back then. Like it wasn't just you know they killed Martin Luther King. I'm about to say it's ironic, bro. Martin Luther King, and then you kill him. Like, ah,
1: it's crazy. Like, and I, and I was talking to somebody about this like earlier this week, and you know, the Malcolm versus Martin thing always, always seems to kind of like precipitate at this time. And I'm like, you know, one. Believed in nonviolence. One believed in violence, and in, in as a as a reaction to violence. And they both were fighting for the same thing. Different methods ended up getting killed killed the same exact way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just ironic to a sense. And like the peaceful shit is what. And I'm not I'm not saying that this is what white people want us to do. or That's like the the route that they would prefer us to take. But I feel like that's kind of like the complacent way that we've we have been taking since the 50s. And where where has it been? Now racism is just on camera. That's the only difference mm-hmm. between then and now. Oh yeah, you know. I was so. talking
0: to my parents about that because it's like nothing. Like like you're saying, it's just on camera. Like nothing is new. It's just the now that now, you're seeing it as it happens. Like that's the double edged sword of this age we live in. It's just everything is documented as it happens. The good thing is that it's we're able to see the raw stuff we're able to see the stuff on twitter as opposed to the stuff that the news is showing mm-hmm. like um that video i don't know if you guys saw it but um it was a side by side of the video of the cops and the SUVs driving over like the crowd in the city yeah and they start the video where they show the the people like going around the cop cars and they cut it off with their logo as the cops drive through the crowd and it's like you're seeing like if you only watch the news, you're not seeing what actually happened. And then that's, that's the thing. And that's why it's so raw. And that's why it's like, gee, I'm glad I've been able to have like a couple of productive days. Cause it's each morning I'm getting up and it's just being so much negative. You know what I mean? Like, but it's, you can't shy away from it. Like we all definitely need a break. And that's why, like, I'm glad we're having this conversation. I want to have this serious thing, but like, we're obviously still going to go back to doing what we do because you can't have this much negative negativity, like, all the time yeah but you can't ignore it either like take breaks like you know i saw a tweet or it's like yo like it's like take a break from social media go read a book go play video games go do something that'll at least keep your mind like okay without just being so brought down because this is such a heavy issue yeah like talking to ari about it yesterday she's literally like i don't even want to talk right now like i have a headache just from like seeing things and she's not even on twitter like it's it's so much going on that especially like for you guys you made you probably haven't experienced firsthand, but it's you're seeing it, like, and it's definitely keep looking at, it. and that's why I feel like for people who aren't speaking out, it's just like if you see that, and you don't say anything, then that's the issue with being morally wrong, because you know that there's something wrong there, but if you're just gonna ignore it, like because it bothers
3: you, like that's where the real issue is, and, like when it, with that, which also it's it's good you mentioned that because that also plays into the whole cop situation in terms of oh not all cops oh there's Mm -hmm. some good cops well yes there are like i personally know you know people on the new rochelle police force that i grew up with upstanding people right but that doesn't you know divulge from the fact that there are a lot of bad cops i don't care that be like it's not just oh a few bad apples i mean because you can't have a few bad apples when the entire police force in America was literally founded on the uh, foundation of racism, you know, because the original sheriff's department were just ex slave catchers once slavery ended, you know, and then it just kind of builds and builds and builds. Now you have this police force. We don't want to look into it, you know, dark past. Yet yeah, there, there are cops that are out there, of course, that don't racially profile, you know, don't use excessive force, don't, you know, say racist statements. But at the same time, those cops are silent. When they're seeing their partners, you know, doing these exact same things. And just because you're not doing it doesn't make you, you know, morally on the high ground. Because if you're not calling out people in your department, you know, the force, things like that, then you're no better than them.
1: You even see it in the video. You see it in the video as as this nigga is fighting for his life. The other three officers are just there. Like, just, you know. And it's it's just like, it's so ironic because... And I hate to bring, like, drugs and shit into it, but if you ever seen, like, a drug raid at any given point, who gets arrested? Everybody. Everybody goes down. Yep. And it's, a, it's unacceptable to this point that, like, you know, you can have people on the side that just, like, watching or not even doing anything, you know, not have to face the law. Same way that homies fe- is, um, is, is facing um, third-degree third murder, they should be facing some type of shit, too. It's just unfair at this point. Yeah, it should be, what is a
3: accessory to crime or Tyler, accessory to murder? Tyler King brought that up.
0: If you don't have, well, you're not on social media. <laughs> <But> Tyler, <laughs> Tyler King's been doing, like, he's been doing his Corona coronacation things on social media. And it's been great. And he brought it up today where he was like, um, he was like, Max B's in jail for not murdering anyone. He's in jail for murder, for being around someone who murdered someone else. Yet, he was like, but they're only arresting one cop. And there were multiple around. And I feel like that's the thing. And same thing. It's like, I've never been someone who's, like, super, like, destroy, like, kill police officer, shit like that. I'm not, like, I'm not with the shits on that. But police reform is a thing. And I was talking to Ari about this last night where I was someone who was in that, like, before in that, oh, you know, they're not all bad. Because same thing. It's like, I know, you know, like, some good people who are in the police force. But at the end of the day, it's not about that. And there's no way, like, saying... Saying that just discredits what actually needs to be done because right. it needs to be full-scale police reform and it's hard to do that without dismantling the whole thing um, and, and and that's what it is it's just when, once you bring up that that argument where it's like, oh there's not all bad, it's just all right, they're not all bad like you said though, the people who aren't calling them out are just as bad so and and then at the same time the the ones who are good are getting ostracized if they do speak out they're getting silenced. Mm-hmm. So it's, Fact. it's, you just got to dismantle the whole thing. And it's just, it's upsetting because like, like you have friends and family members like shit. I want a PBA card because I'd be driving fast. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's, it's such an issue, especially in New York. Like we don't, I, we still deal with it, but not to the extent of being in the five boroughs. Yeah. Cause um like, it's like that. Like my dad has been working in the city for like over 20 years. Still gets profiled at Penn Station. When I was working in the city, I'm getting stopped from random bag checks, like you know what I mean, like stop and frisk, like all this sort of shit. And then at the same, like we we know, and that's why when people are like you can protest in New York, especially like New York cops are freaking wild, like they're OD, and that's why we're seeing shit like while we're peacefully protesting, that's what they say, peacefully protest, but they're only showing protests breaking out into rioting, breaking out and looting, but usually that's started by cops inciting it or people who are planted inciting it. And um, like I know people who are at the protests and are literally like, "Yeah, we were peaceful and we were fine," and then cops mm-hmm. came and started pushing and shoving, and then that's what happens. Especially in a mob mentality, and things like that. One
3: thing happens, it's just chain reaction. Everything's gonna pop off. Yeah, it's uh, and then also with the police, it's you're seeing like police that don't live in certain areas. That's another big problem: is pe- police that don't officers that don't live in a certain area policing that area. Mm-hmm. So you can have police officers that live in. Like Westchester County, right? Yeah, Larchmont, Scarsdale, you know, predominantly white areas, and their their beats are in the Bronx. Their beats are in Harlem. They have they don't they're not around black people a lot because there's not a lot of black people in certain areas of Westchester. But yet now they're supposed to police a whole bunch of people that they don't. It's 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 two. You know, you always see this phrase in saying two Americas. It really is, you know, because the way. You go about your business in Harlem is way different than how you go about everyday life in, you know, in other, you know, predominantly white areas. So there's thing you don't have that ability to connect and relate to the people Mm -hmm. that you're policing. So you already have these preconceived notions of, you know, the people you're about to police going into the job. Yeah. And so that already has you at at a skewed thing. So the littlest thing will set you off like, oh, see that. Yep. Exactly, Mm -hmm. just proves my point like they can't do this they do this you know things like that which is awful you need police from the area that understand the community that are policing the people right but
1: it's an institutionalized Mm -hmm. problem though it's like this it kind of like what you said going back to safe catcher shit i mean most of the police force is are full of caucasian people and i mean you know especially the fact that new york being as how diverse it is it's like them being in certain areas, they're not used to being around Guyanese, Trinidadian, Asian, black people, you know what I'm saying? And it's, you know, but like, my, but going to my question, like, what do y'all feel like is a solution to that?
0: Um, all right. So with the this police department, it's just, it feels like, the reason why I say dismantle it and the reason why I'm with for breaking it down is because I don't see it being reformed just because the amount it would literally have to be on, like, some movie or TV so shit. Whereas, like, you have someone who's been investigating all these beat cops and investigating people who'd be like, you know what? When we take out the first two layers, like, the top two layers, you'd make a good person. But that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's just, it's so difficult to actually change things that it's, like, getting the right people in the right positions. I think having what JT talked about definitely does help. And um, where it's getting people from those communities, yeah. like, to police that way because then they can understand that better. And I feel like that extends also to legislations and things like that. Absolutely. Like, doesn't de Blasio, like, not even live in New York and, like, his family
3: goes to school, like, outside? He's like, from, well, he's from uh, Boston. Yeah. 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 That in, that alone is, like, why we make somebody from Boston, you know? Mayor of New York, He's Peace with the fork. Sidebar: yeah. Y'all saw his daughter. His daughter got arrested. I yeah. did. yeah, yeah. she at got arrested. Uh, yeah, at the one Barclays. At, at yeah. Uh,
1: one, yeah, one of the one, yeah, wait, one of the protests and shit. That's kind of. I'd be forgetting that his daughters have black, and he has a son too. No,
0: no, he always reminds you about his black. He son. Always yeah. He always reminds you, about, remind you of his black <laughs> son. Now you're like right. It's convenient. Yeah, but um, that's 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 my thing. Is I feel like it, it comes with electing people, and that's what happens. Like you have to put people in those positions of being from the community and know what things happen. But like they had um. A senator, a New York senator, today. I don't know if you guys saw who was protesting and was getting pepper sprayed outside the Barclays. Oh yeah, on that first, the first day of uh, yeah. the Barclays. Uh, saw protest. that today. Yep.
3: Like it, a senator. How you? How you pepper spray a senator? Because <laughs> he just looks like an average big black dude. Wow, because he had on his shirt it literally said senator. I forget the name of him, but it literally said senator. Blah blah blah. And on mm-hmm. the back, it said like something about like ever. You know.
0: So that's why, was. like, for you, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, what did you know about like? coming into the bronx or like things like that because i am glad that you're saying you're you're doing your due diligence and getting the kids to trust you and understanding the situation that you're in mm-hmm. so like i think having that new principle here like is actually hiring people and like who would I understand better mm-hmm. so what did you know going into like the bronx and just things like that or like any preconceived notions because you had you said you're coming from like around syracuse right
4: mm-hmm. um yeah i to be honest i didn't know ever I didn't know enough <laughs> mm. um about the community coming into it and i th- honestly i think that that's part of the problem i am willing to sit here and say that i don't know if a white teacher should be entering these spaces mm. um honestly like i don't i don't know if we if they should if we should um because there is no amount of you know, education that I can do for myself that will ever have me fully understand what it is like to be, you know, a black 13 year old in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Like there is no amount of, of work that I can do to get me to know to what, understand. to fully understand and to educate children in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: but at least you're acknowledging that though. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah.
4: It's it's like a really aggressive thing to say about other white teachers and about myself and I'm honestly like not <laughs> I I will I will say that because the worst thing that I think white educators can do is perpetuate all of these racist systems mm. and not acknowledge what's happening around them. Right. Um so like Syracuse, so back kind of like circling mm-hmm. back to what you started with Syracuse is like weirdly a really similar environment to the neighborhood of that my school is in um it has a very high immigrant population um very high spanish speaking population um and it's it the way the school system works in Syracuse is like really similar to wh- how the school system is working um where i teach and So I was working in those schools. I was like volunteering in those schools, subbing in those schools. So I saw a lot of what was going on, and you know, I put in a lot of work to like read about the best ways to educate children in these areas. Like, um, there's a really great book by this guy called Christopher Emden, and it's called "For White Folks Who Teach in the Hood." Um, and it was like a really amazing book. Um, Great title, right? Great title, (laughs) and you know what's crazy is people other white people get upset by that title. <laughs> and I'm like, how are you upset about that? Like, mm-hmm. this, like, he... It's
0: pretty, it's pretty on point, like, on target it,
3: title.
4: It right. is, well,
1: yeah. I about to say, okay, you,
3: exactly you're, what you're a white you teacher done. and you're in the hood. It's, I don't know. Like, <laughs>
4: right. Yeah. It sounds like
3: a how-to book. But fuck
1: it it is know. a how-to book. <laughs> right, it right. is,
4: absolutely. And I spent my entire master's year, like, reading books like that and like because like i said i don't think that white people do it correctly and like i'm like trying to figure out how and also like eventually i want to get to a point where i'm like able to you know administratively make decisions about the kinds of people that teach in schools sure. and you know i'm i'm willing to like be at that point and just be like you know what no like we shouldn't we shouldn't be hiring this white person over this person of color like we shouldn't Mm -hmm. and you can't like
0: i wanted uh because you said you were interviewing around the bronx i wanted to ask if you saw any other like things during your interview process that really like turned you off from either the school or just the environment in it because um recently one of Ari's cousins is also a teacher, and she was at some um, charter schools. She originally was in Brooklyn and was moving around Queens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, there was one school that she felt pretty good about until she was sitting in on classes, and she was like, the this the cue they have for if a student needs to go to the bathroom is they have to put their hands up. And she was like, I've she was like at the school they're at, they literally just hold up their fingers where they're just like kind of crossed. She was like at this school, she was there. During the interview, they say, oh, when kids need to go to the bathroom, they literally just have to put their hands up, and that's how you know. And she was like, yeah, no, being in this school. Yeah. And this is, like, a guy news girl. She's like, being in the school and seeing a bunch of, like, black and brown kids have to put their hands up when they got out of the bathroom. She was like, I, I ended the interview. Yeah, not like, at... So I just want to know if you saw anything like that or just got that vibe from environments or, like, other places you're around you were like, yeah, this is definitely not a place that I want to be in. Or just, like, did you see anything like that? Because I know you you did say that as you were interviewing, you had a lot of um different background Mm -hmm. like interviewing you so
4: um i didn't really experience anything like that more of what was setting up red flags for me is when i would walk into a school and it would be like an all white interview panel Mm. and i was like that that's
1: red flag (laughs) yeah yeah that's
4: a red flag like right off the bat um that that in itself i was like okay so why 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 are why are those the only teachers and administrators that are in front of me right now um and that's where you know it was strange when I interviewed at the school that I'm at now that you know that wasn't the case
2: mm-hmm.
4: and then it ended up being an insanely racist horrible situation for a year like that I it was it was mind-blowing um yeah <laughs>
3: Uh, I had a question, uh, I guess just out, out, out of the school, right? So like the term white privilege, Mm -hmm. when was the first time you heard it? What was your first reaction and what's your take on it now?
4: Um, that's a really good question. (laughs) Um, I want to say that the first time I ever heard that was honestly when I got to college. Um, The suburb that I grew up in was predominantly white, um, and I didn't have a lot of teachers that talked about those things. Um, So I I feel like it was probably college when I heard it for the first time, Um, and it was explained in a way that made sense to me. It was explained as though, like, as what it is, like when you as a white person, I have not experienced the the same thing as people of color. Like my, my place in life has been accelerated because of the color of my skin. Like that, that was like, that's how it was explained to me. And at the time I was like, okay, yeah, like that makes sense. Um, and I guess I grew, like just continued to grow into my understanding of that, um, and like the more that I interacted with different people and different like students and kids um, of different backgrounds, like the the more like evident and clear my white privilege was to me.
1: I guess. Were you ever, did you ever like try to preach white privilege to any of the people that were around you, like being your cohorts, you know, professor? Not going, not professors, obviously, but I guess like cohorts or friends or anything like that.
4: Um. Yeah, there were actually um a couple people in my class. There were like 14 of us in our in my class in college. Yeah. Um and all like music ed majors and um there were a couple of them that had pretty racist viewpoints and talked about teaching kids in a very like white saviorism kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um and I would absolutely go head to head with them and they're people that i don't speak to anymore um and we would get into debates in the middle of in the middle of class um i have like never i don't know like i said right like that like temper that i have Mm -hmm. like definitely came out a lot um with calling them out on their white privilege and like saying like okay everything you're saying right now is literally proving that you don't understand what what position of privilege you have that
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're not fit to teach yes. in an environment that no. will probably have you teaching students of different backgrounds.
2: Yep. Yeah. yep,
0: and that's one of the big things too. Like, um, True. again, seeing something on Twitter about another thing people we know at Malloy, and she's like seeing this girl who was talking about her degree, and was like, "Oh, I'm ready to be a teacher," and then like I've literally spoken out against you on multiple occasions because you're a white girl and you're using the N word. And you are racist and I have experienced it myself and then she was like, I've been blocked, like Malloy ignores it, like all sorts like that. But it's like situations like that. She's like wherever I she's like, wherever you're teaching, I'm gonna let them know that you're racist. Like and it, it's things like that where it's it's the same the same thing about getting people in those environments you talked about earlier. It's just being able to at least you you know it, you can acknowledge it, and that you've you're putting the work in to be able to teach People of different backgrounds, and that's all. That's really why I wanted to have you on to your perspective of it, because there's a lot of teachers who aren't, a lot of people who look at that, and a lot of people who want to become teachers, and you, they're just kind of either they're they have that white savior thing, or it's their it's either all lives matter, or I don't see color, like that yes. sort of thing. Bruh, I don't see color.
3: Yeah, how, don't, you know, nah, how you I don't? How you not see like color? Like, what do you mean? Like nigga, I'm, I'm like, dark. Like, <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? If you don't see color, then you don't see you, me. Like, yeah, nah.
0: What do you I us see. Like, you gets me so mad. Cause like in the beginning, I would say when we were younger, especially for us, like you're saying, you hearing white papers the first time in college doesn't surprise me that much. Because for our generation, I feel like things like that weren't really talked about until we got into college. Mm-hmm. That's when things really started to be put on a lot more. Like to extend in middle school and in high school, like we didn't really get it like that. Um And I, I don't know. It's
3: not. I get you know it. It's it's, it's 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 you don't really... I guess you don't really go in depth into it, you know? Your mm. parents could talk to you about it in middle school, in high school, but you're not really... Because it may not... Especially because, like, there's... You know, we live... In, you grew up in, like... Yeah. Even though, like, New Rochelle is, you know, pretty, uh, you know, diverse area, it's still majority... You know, it's still mainly white. Um, And I assume that's, like, kind of the case here in Baldwin, too. Yeah. Uh, so, it's like, you know that, you know, things are not on the same playing field, But you don't, I guess, experience it as much. Um, You don't have the space to talk about it as much or get that, like, insight. Um, Especially because, like, you know, we're adolescents. Like, we can get it, but we don't understand it to, like, you know... You only understand to a certain capacity. So we can actually mature. Yeah. So, like, Mm -hmm. I definitely understand the the fact, like, you didn't really truly grasp the concepts until college. But you knew the concepts were there. Mm -hmm. It's like you knew... You didn't, you didn't know the extent of it until Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's almost like like you kind of knew, like, oh, like, talk, you know, dealing with the cops, right? You know, it was taught in middle school. You know, like, oh, if a cop does this, you have to do this, this, and this, you know, or else this is going to happen. Whereas, like, and then, like, maybe a few years later, you'll see, like, a situation that you're in with the cops and, like, your wife friend is just, like, kind of being defined to the cops. And you're just like, whoa, like... I'm relaxed, man. Whenever I, think <laughs> no, pulled no. Over, I think about <laughs> what
0: your grandfather said, what you told me your grandfather said to oh, to do. Oh,
1: um, yeah. I was gonna say, um, well I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But um JT, just quick, like how old were you and your parents first had that talk with you about
3: like how to like interact with the cops? I don't remember the exact age, but I know I was definitely in middle school. So like maybe yeah. probably six. Yeah, probably like sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. So that's like twelve, eleven, twelve. Yeah, because it's like before that, I've never, I'd never really been in anywhere by myself without my parents. Like, mm, right. only you know, like the extent of like my childhood was just like you know, little league, you know, basketball leagues. But like, my parents take me there, bring me back. Like, I'm not going to, the, I wasn't going to the park, you know, or walking to school by myself. Yeah, uh, it was always like parental things. So like, once I hit middle school when I was getting a little bit more freedom, right, that's when you know the the, the talks like really started uh, happening. Yeah, for sure. Uh it wasn't
1: I, I got that talk a few times. I think the first time I got it, I was in fifth grade was when I was when I first got it. My mom had spoken to me about it. And then as I got older, like, you know, my grandfather being the dude that he is, he kinda was like he kinda was telling me shit like all the time. And he said, seven words, bro. Yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. That's it. That's all you say to the cops, bro. And that's like, that's that's and that's just how I move now. Like Anytime a cop pulled me over, I just, and I've been pulled over a lot, believe it or not. Like, yeah. When you got pulled over, coming to my house to record? Yeah, bruh. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that, that, fun fact, that actually happened. On the way, on the way to John's crib, because the Wi Fi in my crib is terrible. So, this is way before the regrown days, was pulling, was pulling up to the block. I guess I had a headlight out. Nigga asked me where I'm going. I said, yo, I'm going right there. <laughs> I was like, yo, I could park my crib, my car right here. We good. And it was a, it they didn't give me like a super hard time about it. I feel like, cause I I I've gotten lucky in my lifetime that I haven't had to deal with any like bullshit cops, but you know, it's still even the principle that like I'm like, yo, I'm just going right up the block there, and um, but yeah, I feel like it's a it's a difficult conversation to have with your kids. Kind of like circling back to what I was what I was talking about, you know, being pulled over by the cops, especially like when you're a young kid having to be told like, all right, well, you have to move differently with police officers
3: because of how you look and how you might, per- how they might may perceive you. So, yeah, you could be the most upstate. You could be a straight A student, most upstanding, you know, person in school. As soon as you step outside, just another, you're just black, another kid. black kid, you know, is yeah. it's, it's, it sucks. Cause you know, I tell, you know, some of my white friends this all the time. I'm like, I leave my house. There's a chance. I don't come back that night because cop pulls me over. I reach for my and we've seen it in throughout, you know, the last like decade, cop was somebody a black person over, it, they reach for their license and registration and they think they have a gun and they get shot. You know, or, you know, they might think I'm mouthing off when I'm really not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And boom, I'm slammed against the, you know, the hood of the police car, I'm going to jail for nothing. Whereas, you know, I've seen I've seen my wife friends talk their way out of tickets before. And I'm like, dang, that's pretty cool. It's almost like a superpower. It's always, I always like like sometimes when you wake up white, it's almost like having like spawn protection in like Gears of War or like uh, a cheat code in GTA where- uh, you your, know, stars your, your stars don't go up. Your stars don't go up. Or you can take the stars down. Right. Uh, like when you have four stars and the cops are shooting at you and you just put it in and like, oh, cops just walk away. <laughs> like nothing happened. But- Yeah, man, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot you gotta, it's a lot you have to be cognizant of and thinking of at at all times that your other peers just don't have to. And which plays into the privilege thing. Things like you don't have to think, or you have to think about that somebody else doesn't have to think about. It's like, damn.
0: So thank you to Laura for coming and then speaking her piece. And it's great to actually learn more about you and your environment and how you're handling everything it is. So I appreciate you for coming. Definitely, mm-hmm. hopefully, going to have you back Thanks on another time, a little bit better time. But um, I do appreciate you coming.
4: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. Let me talk about my kids because, like I said, they
3: You love your kids. I love <laughs> them. That's good too. They're my babies. We're bringing the, <laughs> bringing the kids to the studio one day. <laughs>
4: Dude, <laughs> you know, I want to bring my kids here so bad. I
3: did a virtual studio tour for her kids, actually. Oh, really? For one yeah.
5: of their, their units. Hey. The studio. I, I had, like, a little video chat with one of her kids to... He was trying to set up a little studio in his uh, in his house.
0: Got the egg grease so, on the wall. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we were having a
5: little uh, yeah consultation. Yeah, it was that's good.
2: That, <laughs> that was, oh, no.
4: Good. All right, but love to see it. Yeah, well, it was nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Thank totally. you so much. Nice to meet
0: you. Having us having a resident white person, like you know, you mm-hmm. being here is big because it's like things that we don't deal with, like things that we don't see, and then just knowing, like. John is Matt, if you ain't posted it, it might have been clipped. It might have been clipped for regrown. What happened? I was like, because you're you're vocal, oh. so I'm glad that you're vocal. Because oh. if you didn't, like, yeah. it might have been you, you you had to press you in the studio. But yeah, like,
5: rightfully mean, <laughs> I <mean, yeah>. <laughs> so. Fuck. But no, nah, that's my and thing. That's that's something that I've been noticing about myself. Like as I grow older, like you know, in high school and like early portions of college when these things started really popping up, like especially with family, you know, it, I did feel that awkwardness. For like oh, I can't, I can't. Rock the boat, you know, but yeah. like it's you know, I've over the past like three years, especially like I've gotten to a point where it's it's becoming clearer and clearer. I mean, you don't care point, anymore, you yeah, say what like, needs to be you, said. You know what you gotta say and you know there there's no excuse.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I say, and I mean you I mean and you saying what you saying, it, it, it helps way, it helps a lot, you know. Um, cause that's really what that's really what's needed. It's like we've been fighting our own fight for however many years we've been fight for fuck four hundred plus years. Yeah. I'm saying, and it's to the point where it's like we need allies on our side to help other people understand like where we're coming from. You know what I'm saying? And whether that's you even like explaining it to your family or Laura, for example, even explaining it to her family. It's Mm -hmm. just it's all facets of it that is just necessary so we can end this fucking cycle of police brutality and social injustice and civil unrest. I'm glad so, she agreed to come on. Yeah, um, thank
5: you guys for having her. It's very good. Sure.
0: Um, I had a feeling it was gonna be a little sketch because, like, I wasn't fully sure where I was going with it, but like, I just, I wanted to see, like, for for you guys, because you guys definitely, like, it's using, like she said, it's using a white privilege, and um, using that to to benefit kids right. that look
1: like us. About to say, I mean, and it's all anytime anybody uses their right, pri- that I said right, white privilege for for good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't I can't be mad at that because she gets it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And that's, like, that, and that's the problem right there. It's, like, it's, like, people like Laura, I mean, like, she, she understands. Like, that's, that's a good thing. But the people that we're trying to reach is the people that don't understand.
3: Like, For every
0: you know, lawyer, there's, like, 10 freaking people. For every Laura, there's 10 mm-hmm. Karens. Yeah. <laughs> For every lawyer, there's
3: 10 Karens. <laughs> but, I mean, yes, it's, it's crazy. It's, like, someone, one of those things, where it's like, you have a, you have a lot to say. You don't know how to say it. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot just going on in your mind. You just kind of wish, like, you're just, like. I thought about writing Go stuff out. down, and maybe I should have. But like at this point, yeah, like, like I'm i trying to. I thought about doing like doing one of those long posts and posting it, and it was just like I don't. It's hard. The words just wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't feel natural because it mm-hmm. would feel like I'm trying a piece instead of just like yeah. talking about it. I had a little monologue I was gonna do at the end.
0: That's cool. Right. Do yeah, it sorry. definitely,
3: but that's this is
0: also why like I wanted to have this and like obviously I'll talk about like my experience and shit too. But this is definitely more so like I want y'all to get everything out like you yeah, know what I mean like nah, this is directly uh, from, like, you know like yeah. my one thing I will say like which I was kind of getting to before but it's hard like Jesus, to get the words out. I was like with that colorblind shit man like I remember actually understanding what that meant and it's just so wild because it's like especially for me like I'm Indo-Caribbean but yeah. like I'm I definitely I don't associate with the Indian side mostly just it's not how I was raised I was definitely more heavy into the Caribbean side yeah, and yeah. the Caribbean side is basically black culture and I and sure. and that's what I'm. That's what I grew up in. And it's to me, it's like growing up. It was never like ask your parents what you are. They never said, "Oh, you're Indian." And I know a lot of Guyanese people who was like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, shit. It's, I thought she was Indian at first too. Yeah,
0: but like, for, I and, thought he was black. I know. He <laughs> <laughs> did say that. I get I get that a lot. <laughs> you too. Did say that, yeah. I, <laughs> but um, I get like I'll, I know a lot of Guyanese people who are like, no, it's like, yeah, I'm Indian. I'm Indian, and it's like I have Indian descent. But at the end of the day, like growing up, my parents were always like, you're Guyanese. So it's like for someone when it comes to that colorblind shit, like. I just identify so much with Caribbean culture being Guyanese for someone to be like oh yeah I just see you with someone else I'm like nah fuck I, like out I'm not someone else you yes, know what I mean yeah. like same thing it's like me to Jake me and other people like it's like alright how many Caribbean people did you meet before have you ever met a Guyanese person before like shit like that
3: it's it's like how you, know. how you how you not see color but you always out here tanning what are you tanning then <laughs> how you tanning if you don't see color what are you, like, what are you trying to accumulate within your skin yeah. Uh, yeah like just I just see it's just more non-color You know, it's just an endless supply of non-color.
5: See, like, for me, like, that, the I don't see color thing, like, that was what I thought white privilege was in, like, high school. Mm -hmm. Like, before we were really talking about it. Because, like, I mean, I don't remember ever having a teacher. Even, like, somebody like Bouglione, who's, like, into the sociology thing and, like, the actual, like, social, you know, reasons behind everything. Like, even somebody like him, I mean, at least I don't remember ever having that any kind of anywhere near that conversation in classrooms yeah about white privilege so the only way i knew of like white privilege was early twitter (laughs) yeah like you just kind of like saw people arguing about it and Mm -hmm. you didn't really pay it any mind but you know so the i don't see color was kind of like a really incorrect and rudimentary way of like getting there yeah
1: i mean let's put it let's put it like this when it comes to white privilege i think that it has always existed the concept of white privilege, but I feel like the word white privilege it wasn't really like talked about probably until like at least for me, probably until around like 2014 2015 it's like right yeah. when I got into mm-hmm. college like going into high school mm-hmm. you know because I mean if you asked me then like going into going into college or what it was like what it was, I probably would have came up with a definition that's similar to what it is, but like now mm-hmm. it's like oh, everybody knows white privilege privileges because mm-hmm. it's talked about so much on every social media platform yeah. You know, it's talked about on the news and it's talked about in so many different documentaries that it became popular over the years, you know?
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this, part of me is like, I, like, is that a result of us growing up and like be, you know, like falling into these more mature understandings or is like, did the world really adjust and like, you know, did this stuff start actually happening more or I, maybe it's just being filmed more, or, you know, like, I don't know. That's That's been like an interesting thing that I've been thinking about. I was like, just is it just that we were adolescents and then by like 2014 we got to college and like the world opened up a little more
0: i think it's a bit of both yeah because i
5: think um i think a lot of it
0: we wouldn't have been able to understand to a full extent in high school right i um and i do think that it's it just hit that time where it's like when we entered college like the world was changing like Mm -hmm. more protests were happening around the world like things were really moving forward right and um i think that we got lucky in that sense because we were able to hit that, whereas opposed to like our parents' generations or generations older than us weren't really thinking about it. And that's why I say, like in middle school and high school, think about all the white people we knew who said the N word and no one really thought about it. Like, and I don't want to say no one, but it's like no one, no one thought about it. No one called people yeah, out. Like, nobody, you know, like, nobody was like no mixing was because, oh, yeah.
1: Gabe said the white, uh, Gabe said the white word. Gabe said, <laughs> Gabe, Gabe said the N word. So, yeah, we got into a fight. It was never no, yeah, it wasn't type of shit like, like that. that.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, I, I also think that. It's it's a little different for us being in New York, especially because it is so diverse in the environments that live in. I had a conversation about this with one of my old coworkers who was born in Puerto Rico and then he grew up in the Bronx, but he also spent time living in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of times, especially in New York, just depending on your background, like people just let a rock. Like if you you, if you was on the corners, no one cared. If you grew with all black people, they didn't really care. And it's like it's things that you you see that as you get older, and that's why like. For you, I'm glad that you can acknowledge it now. And I do feel like it's it's a product of a little bit of both. But that's my thing is that a lot of people if you said that, some people would have been like, Oh, why did you think that way in the first place? But the fact that you're able to acknowledge it and show growth and I think that's the biggest thing it doesn't get acknowledged. Like you're not you shouldn't get kudos for doing what's done right, like for for just doing something that should be done. But at the end of the day, like educating other people who don't know is so important. And I feel like that's not enough. I feel like, and that's an issue with cancel culture too. Mm-hmm. Whereas for people who don't know, instead of just being like, all right, you don't know, it, it's bad that you don't know, but this is what you should. And to like, for people to look, look for the, the resources to educate themselves and also for people who do know to help educate them. Cause then a lot of people just condemn them off rip
1: and then that doesn't solve anything. Wait, quick, quick, quick. quick. Yeah. Um when you were talking about the thing with my grandfather, was that the thing specifically Yes. Were, okay. Cause whenever
0: like I get pulled over or I see cops, I always think about how you were like, My grandfather was always yes sir, no, sir, thank you, sir, and literally I'm keeping both hands on the wheel at all times. Yeah. I
3: okay. always be getting pulled over. Me? Is it just Long Island cops? No, 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 I don't are, I don't always be getting pulled over, but
0: like whenever I see cops and shit, bro, like I always think about that or I think about being pulled over. Cause like if yeah. I'm driving fast, I'm I gotta look out for cops and shit. But I have like gotten
1: pulled over like at least at least 10 to 12 times in my life You be wildin' though Sometimes Sometimes I be wildin' Yeah, wilding. sometimes you be wildin' <laughs> Sometimes, I, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's, just, it's justified But other times it's like, bro I literally wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. Not saying that, you know Maybe maybe I had a headlight out Maybe, you know, I didn't stop at a stop sign fully But, bro, you know we'll stop we'll yeah. We'll stop. But I'm like, come on, bro Like, if I made it If there's nobody there at night And I make a right on a no turn on red Like, you're just bored Oh, yeah, no
3: You're just trying to make it You're just trying to hit your quota Yeah Yeah
1: well, not saying it's right or wrong mm-hmm. but you know I've just been pulled over a lot there's but things
3: like, that, that that get let slide yeah. like mm-hmm. let slit slide yeah. anyway. I
0: remember when um, <laughs> when my mom got like when my mom got a BMW like first time and I was driving she was like listen when you're driving there she was like don't drive fast like things like that cause she was like you're a brown dude in a nice car like don't oh, yeah. don't was like don't drive
3: fast don't do stuff like that like, yeah, you know, so yeah. nice my dad got a a Mercedes <laughs> and I remember I had to drive it Cause I usually use the truck, but I remember like a few years ago, I had to drive it to pick someone. I think it was maybe to pick him up and I got nervous cause I'm like, dang, like I've never driven this car before. I have no idea where anything in the car is. I don't even know where the registration is. I get pulled over. It's a dub for me. And this is like right when I first got my license, like maybe like a year mm-hmm. after I got it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know about this one, but no, I think there was a good story. Yeah. A few years ago, actually no, a little while ago when I was in middle school some uh he said a, few years a little ago. while ago. Oh, right. That's that's over, quite o- a time. <laughs> over, over ten years ago. Yeah. Still look the same though, so it's okay. <laughs> that's true. You're um right. just minus the chin here. <laughs> there was this was my mom <laughs> My mom's same like hat and everything. Sorry, i, I no <laughs> <basically. more joke. laughs> My mom's head car headlights got taken out, like right? Like stolen randomly, right? This is like random is shit. Car headlights got taken out, right? So we called the cops. This is like like maybe like 1130 maybe midnight yeah cops came down my dad's outside you know waiting for the cops right and the cops start questioning my dad right and it's like oh who are you like why are you here like and he's like i'm on that call the police right so my neighbor comes out on her porch and she starts screaming at the cops and she's like no no he lives here stop harassing him help him out i'm like dang like all right and up until then i never really like you know I said I didn't bangs with them because they used to babysit me, but I was like, damn, like you're really down for us. Like, that's that's good to see.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, it's nice. To, like, I think it's nice knowing like the people, some of the people like you grew up with are down for you, like really. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just like, not to say it was for a show, but like, it was just like, oh, you're just the black friend and things like that. But mm-hmm. they actually yeah. care about like you, who you are, your skin color, things like that. And that's a fact. I
1: mean, like, and to the degree there, I just think that the white people, or the non-people of color, let me be politically correct here. Um, <laughs> so the white people, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, the ones that are like out marching and protesting, and you know, trying to be part of the cause—the Bernie Sanders, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people
0: using themselves as shields for the people of color. Yeah, I've seen some videos of that. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. I like that.
1: And I mean, like, and I mean, honestly, it's just like, it's, it's, what, it's what we need right now. And I mean, regardless of how violent or how like peaceful that these protests have been it's like it's just a help on either end. Mm-hmm. i mean i don't know how y'all feel about you know the vi not the violence but like the looting and all of that all this other stuff i know justin you kind of already said like you know the violence. like what like what else are we supposed to do mm-hmm. but you know john matt i don't know if y'all want to talk talk about it
0: yeah that um i used to be like and this is again like as like younger just not knowing as much about like the world and around things around us i used to be like oh man like looting's not cool and shit like that but then especially in this situation You've exhausted all the options. You know what I mean? Like if you're getting mad when they're peaceful, if you're getting mad when they do stuff football games or an anthem, if you're getting mad at, at everything else, what the fuck else are you supposed to do? And then you realize at the same time it's like you can't tell you can't tell her people how to grieve. You can't tell someone how to grieve. And if the things they were doing originally weren't being acknowledged and were being condemned, like and this is what happens, this is what you get. Like every every action has a reaction. Like every everything comes with a consequence. Yeah. So for People, like, this is what happening. The thing that I hate is that it's being skewed. Like you said, like, it, everything is being diluted because of small instances or things being started by other people. Like, we've already, like, there's plants in mm-hmm. these protests there's plants that are out there to discredit the black lives matter movement to discredit the real reasons of these protests yeah. there's things set up there's pallets of bricks where there's no constructions around mm. right? like there's people who are literally being found like the minneapolis police department are out here talking about well not the police department but like the mayors and like the government and all this shit they're like yo mappy were arrested these people are not from minneapolis mm-hmm. you have white um supremacist groups and stuff like that telling people to go mobilize um when you were talking about the thing that happened in Philly yesterday, I think you were talking about the tear gassing, right?
1: Uh, I was talking On about, the side of the road. I was talking about the well. That was the fr- Was that happened when I texted you? But then right after that, it was the white people that like got together. Oh Fish yeah, Town. yeah Fish I didn't Town, see
0: yeah. the um. I didn't see the tear gas until last night. Like yeah. later that night, okay. I saw the white people in Fishtown, and that's what, like you have groups of white people walking up Gerard with weapons, talking about we're pro cops and shit like that to go at peaceful protesters, like and. I, I don't want to get to off topics. Then I don't want to let you talk no, about I it. No, I
5: mean, you you said it best. I mean, theres I've seen too many examples already of opportunistic white people using these protests as an excuse to loot and riot and incite violence. Mm-hmm. To discredit to, the movements. To discredit the movements to for personal gain, you know, for whatever. The uh, The fact of the matter is they're not there for Black Lives Matter. They're there for... To either discredit Black Lives Matter or to... Be an anarchist. Steal a pair of vans, you know? Like, whatever the fuck it might be. And it's not... I, I feel like a lot of that... I mean, you know, that's just what the media does. Like, you, 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 we have videos of a group of white people running out of the van store, like JT was talking about earlier. and But then that gets blamed on the Black Lives Matter movement. And that, you know, it's it's the Black Lives Matter movement's fault that these people are... Taking this opportunity to loot a store, and it's like no. Mind
3: you, the one of the biggest things that you talk about in American history is literally destroying property. Yeah. The Boston yeah. like Tea Party is no the most celebrated with it. Like, yeah. thing action in American history. Right. You can't you can't Niggas get to like 6th grade with motherfucking tea. Yo, Yo tea. I was
0: thinking about imagine how wild that is. That literally imagine you imagine we went we went to Balt like we were in the harbor. Like imagine we just walked up and that shit was just tea. <laughs> Like, imagine how wild that is, right. and we're talking about Boston Harbor, not like oh man, I got like a little pier in my backyard or some shit like that. It was on multiple like, ships
3: out here. Just it's like it's almost like I guess in modern day, if you went to like the the, the port and just somehow were able to push all those containers, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I went to the water, be like, all right, same shit. Like yeah. they were doing that in, in Boston. That's why that's why it's crazy how this whole oh you can't do solve anything violence. There is you can't tell me a time know, in, in human history, where change has come without violence, right? Mm-hmm. French Revolution was spearheaded by what? Storming the Bastille. It's literally a national holiday in France mm-hmm. called Bastille Day, where they celebrate a bunch of people, a mob, storming the castle, or I guess the, the armory, taking all the guns, and killing everybody, which was a direct response to, I think, Henry VIII? I think it's the 8th. Henry yeah, yeah. Someone, one, one, one of, one of their kings. because. King was in had a lot world. of fucked up <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yeah. U.S. So you mean to tell me that how America got its freedom from Britain? they was just out here with signs sitting <laughs> down singing kumbaya and be like, hey guys, can you guys go back to Britain? And Britain was like, yeah, okay. Thanks yeah. for asking peacefully. I mean, in no. a way,
5: they tried it. You know, They did do the Boston Tea Party and they yeah. did exactly. protest and that didn't work. So what did they do? They started a war. No like, like,
3: taxation without representation. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like,
5: it's still on the fucking Maryland license plates. Like, And now is like,
0: as, as we, even with like more modern, as we hit Pride Month, like the reason why that thing's happened is
3: because of riots. Right. What did I say? Stonewall. Exactly. It was like, Women's suffrage movement that mm-hmm. wasn't totally peaceful, right? Like There's a
0: lot of yeah. so. I, in conclusion, <laughs> I I really have no issue with the rioting, the looting. Like I, it's my my one thing is I hate when like small businesses are that's, being. That's the that's, thing. that's the thing that sucks. Like, a casualty of war, though. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and I, and I mean, but as then as also, a, it's not even black people doing that. Yeah, that, like that's yeah, that's right? the thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the way that they trashed that Target, bro, in Minneapolis. <laughs> was I, was, I, I was like, I was <sighs> like. I was like, wow, the this is, this is, this is mm-hmm. going to upset some people, but that's what needs to happen. Yep. Yeah. And the, even the
0: CEO of Target is like, yo, it's yeah. nothing for me to refinish this like, stuff. They <laughs> <G-820>? They're like, on all that.
3: Bro. A billion dollar company. You really don't think they nothing. have the funds He's like, he's like, yo, build. I can
0: do it out of pocket. That yeah. wouldn't bother me in the slightest. Do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone loves Target. C- the,
3: CEO, the CEO of Target really said that shit?
0: He literally, yeah, he's he still like, with the processors. He was like, yo, it's, it's fine. Like, it doesn't bother me. That's the thing.
3: It's like, I'm, I feel bad for the for the small black businesses. Because mm-hmm. I have seen some businesses where, like, I guess the owners have had history of, like, racist things and they get trashed. I'm like, all right, ask Yeah, that's it. fine. But it's like, you know, the, the, the small... I, I don't know if you guys saw it on... The woman with the jujitsu studio? No, nah, I was I didn't see that one, but I was going to say the one in Philly on Cecil. I guess somebody that went to Temple that had, like, oh, the, the smoke shop. the smoke shop. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that, I felt bad, yeah. like, damn, like, young person just, you know, made enough to get the shop open. And, yeah. you know, it's... It's robbed for you know hookah and all that other stuff, and it's yeah. like it sucks that it's a casualty of war. But but, like the same, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like it's gonna upset people. Mm-hmm. But at
1: the same time, it's gonna help people realize, like, all right, what is, like? Why is my shit being being fucked up? It's being fucked up because there's racial injustice in this country. Mm-hmm. So now maybe I need to stand with these people, so that way, you know, we can we can figure out something. Yeah, because it's only it's only gonna con- like the civil unrest is gonna only continue. You know as as the shit goes on and that shit gets worse and as more black people keep getting killed by police officers, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to, it's going to keep happening. You know, we we lived in Philly, bro. Mm-hmm. We were there when, when Trump got elected, yep. you know what I'm saying? And I was one of the both, and this is also part of the reason why I joined my fraternity if y'all, if y'all care about knowing like, you know, literally the day after this nigga Trump got elected, you know what I'm saying? My, my, my fraternity held a round table and just gave people a, a space to just speak about what happened. You know, and that was like something that like er, that so many different black people was upset about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think to a degree, it's like that was a hard day.
2: Yeah, it, uh, was, it was a very, was it was a very hard, it was, hard a, it was everything a hard yeah. week.
3: I remember, yeah, I remember because uh, I was an RA still, and it was just I remember having like a meeting in the upper over the uh, remember all right, you remember the the fourth floor of a uh, Whitehall and the big like. Yeah. yeah, I guess like of course room we up lived there. on the fourth yeah, floor. floor like, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, we did. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I remember we just—it was like the room was filled with like people, just you know, mo- literally mostly you know people of color, and it's not just talking about it. and like it was just hard and gut wrenching because like there were tears and things like that flowing, and people were people were legitimately like scared, and this is what they feared. It's on its, it's it, it sucks to be like a, in a case of I told you so, but. This is literally what people mm-hmm. were saying, you know, before the election. You know, but when he was at his rallies, and people were like, "Yo, like he's inciting these people. There's a certain group of people that are only relating to him. This is what's going to happen if he's elected." And yeah, it didn't it didn't happen in the first year, but we're in year what three? This is this, Yo, year this four. is your fourth. Oh, last. We year four. were so right, close, so, yeah, so close. So, but you just knew it was it was. It was it's like a, it's a powder yeah, it was, keg,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
3: there was it was Swing. just instant after instant after instant. And this is the George. I thought it was going to be set off with the Ferguson one. I thought that's what was going to do it. I but, thought Ferguson was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I'm I'm still a little skeptical about this too because it just it, I don't want it to be deja vu. I don't want it to be like oh we talk about it for like. Four or five months. The only hope is that this is an election year. So you're hoping that people are still feeling so
1: motivated and so active when election time comes. I mean, niggas need to, especially the people that's in black communities, you know. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not telling anybody who to vote for. But this nigga Joe said it best. If you vote for Trump. You ain't black. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm kinda not jack
0: Kind of fuck Joe Biden, but, like, if you vote for Trump, you're wild. Yeah, like, bro.
1: Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, really gotta yeah. Pick between the like, like, don't get me wrong. So. Like, this nigga Joe was out of pocket for saying that shit, but you, he's right. Like, as a black person, you cannot, and you, John, you know about the whole shit with my with my grandfather when it comes to this shit. But, like, you cannot, like, seriously, like, reelect this nigga. And you heard it here for us. We do not endorse this nigga Trump. uh Nah. At all, nah.
0: Like I'm, I don't know what your experience was with it, but like, shout out to Jake because I remember when it happened. Um, election time is always around my birthday, so like, I remember waking up the next morning and like, Ari was in Philly to like her like crying about this, and um, like I said, like shout out to Jake because he was asking me. he was like, yo, like to me, like this is upsetting, but like it's not gonna affect me. Obviously, the way it'll affect like, like just Jake saying it's not gonna affect me as it affect like anyone else or any person of color, and <laughs> yeah. it's. Like you said, like it's what Trump incites. No one's afraid of Trump. I don't know. No one's afraid of Trump. It's, it's, and this is this is the way I said it, and I stand by it. Is he made white people feel bold, and that's the scary thing, because white people feeling bold, and then you got cops are not going to do nothing to them, and that's that's cops feel the same way exactly, and that's oh my god, and like especially with cops, one of the things reform it should be so much harder to be a cop. Mm-hmm. It should be. It's harder to be a teacher than it is to be a cop.
3: It's hard to be a lot of things. Than it's it is to be ridiculous. Because only only have you, you like two months of training. It's like it's that? ridiculous,
0: and that's my thing. It's like you
1: like in an associates or two years of college or something.
0: Whatever yeah, the difference. and it, it's just it shouldn't be that easy to be a cop. And a lot of and like I feel like they need to go more to background and mental checks and stuff like that. Because it's like yo, a lot of people, and that's why I like there's videos of cops being excited to go out and shit like that, and even people like cops who are people of color. And, um, and a lot of it happens is because uh, I don't want to, obviously, you know, I don't want to broad brush everyone, but it's like a lot of people became cops are people who had no power when they were younger or had, or were bullied or were small and they want to feel like they're in a position of power. So now that they're in one, then they end up abusing it like shit like that. And that's why it, it needs to be harder because it's people like that that end up ruining shit for like every, everything else. Like,
3: yeah. That's why I think it's gonna it's gonna be so hard for the reform. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's why that's, you just gotta break the whole shit down yeah, and build cause it over. Because you you see how long this has been. It's a system that's been in place for over two hundred years. So it's like change isn't gonna come overnight. It's it probably won't come happen in our lifetimes. Uh, but if we can start the process, maybe our kids or our kids' kids won't have to deal with it, which is crazy to think about as a twenty you know four twenty five year old. But like that's the world we have to live in, and. I I think the reform does need to happen. I think you're right. It has to get
2: bro- like just yeah, literally like broken over.
3: down and to be built back up. How that goes about, I don't know. That's and that's thing. like the like that's the question. Like I don't know how it yeah. gets broken down, but you just know it has to be. I feel like the only way, not the only way, but one of the ways
1: that it can happen is infiltration, black infiltration into like. A lot of these different things, mind you, it's it's hard because a lot of times we have a, a lot of institutional setbacks which are out of our control, and a lot of people with implicit bias, and I think that's the key there is like a lot of white people with implicit biases against us that to the to the point where it's like it makes it difficult for us to even graduate or make it out the hood in some in some mm-hmm. situations. You know what I'm saying? Like it starts with people continuing to be educated, go to school and, you know, get into, and Laura spoke about it really real briefly, like speaking about getting into these administrative roles to where we can have an influence on these institutionalized problems that we have. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's part of the reason why I'm in school for what I want to do is because I want to help change the system in a healthcare way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean...
5: I, I'm, I Sorry, I, just, I think it goes back to what you said earlier too about the responsibility that white people have to educate their peers, their families, yeah. you know, like to, cause there are a lot of those people, a lot of people own like my family, maybe that are even, you know, that are working in some position of power, even if it's just a hiring manager at a, at a, you know, retail store, you mm-hmm. know, what right. that has implicit biases that if we can, if I, and you know, people like me can do our part to educate our family members that are in these positions, even at the small level to, you know, show them a new perspective mm-hmm. and you know even even those little moves multiplied across millions of people well you know that makes a big difference yeah i wanted to um, bring up because obviously you're not social media so yeah. you would not have seen this
0: but um this is one that i shared on my story that i've been seeing and it's like about the cop form and stuff like that where it's like of the 7,666 times that police officers killed people in the u.s between 2013 and 2019 25 of them which is 0.3% resulted in a conviction. 74 of them which is 1% resulted in a charge but no conviction and cuz you have to swipe so much 7567 of them resulted in no charges whatsoever and that's 98.7%. Yeah. And that's that's where it's like
3: how do you how do you fix that? I mean it's it's everywhere cuz it also goes into the judicial system as well cuz mm-hmm. you got corrupt who actually gets a yeah. court and then you got corrupt judges that yeah. don't. I mean, know it's anything. just the, the whole system. We, we really need to just tear everything down. Because, like, the whole system, I mean, even just watch, I, I don't know why I use this as an escape from this stuff because it was also wicked uh, watching the Jeffrey Epstein documentary last night. Yeah. But, like, even that, you can tell, like, rich people can just put, get away with anything. You throw enough money at it, at the problem, you know, then there, right? So you have all these people that donate to and these powerful people you know mainly white donate to the police fund right oh i'm gonna I'm give you a uh i'll give the, the police fund 10 million dollar donation now sorry you gotta
0: cancel wendy's now you we know. gotta cancel
3: wendy's taco bell pizza i don't meat. know because i heard it was just the one guy <laughs> it's the owner of them i heard it was like that the just owns but I, I heard like majority of the wendy's are like franchises not under the umbrella oh, and like okay. individually owned i don't know because i don't want to give up my baconator so i got to do more research on it before Fair. I don't want to give up my. Uh, I mean, chum- I feel like book. if you
1: got cancel Wendy's, you also got cancel like other shit. too you got cancel Chick Fil A, because Chick Fil A was like them I niggas. What I say? have well, been kind of. I'm
0: not that big into Chick Fil A, anyway the only reason I started eating more Chick Fil A is because when I worked at Bloomingdale's, all the gay dudes at Bloomingdale's would go eat Chick Fil A. So I was like, all right, if y'all eating Chick Fil A, I can I, have Chick Fil A sometimes. The irony.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the irony, but but not- yeah,
0: no, I've been on that fuck Chick Fil A. I think it's overrated. No, <laughs> <one time>. Miles <laughs> goes,
3: you gotta go Chick Fil A. He's the only one who eat Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nah G shit Nah I haven't had Chick-fil-A in that long I
3: feel like it's one of those things Where it's like If you don't <laughs> yeah. have it for a while It's really good But if you have it consistently Then it's yeah, may not be that was, that was college
1: College I had that shit Like all the, once, once
3: we built one in, in school Like I had that shit all the time Doesn't Oh yeah, for him. You, remember he ate Chipotle Like every day For like a year and a half so. yeah. Well I just remember You guys had the chi- the, the Chick-fil-A For the a year after year. Yeah It was bullshit man <laughs> like, you, like Man I don't know if you realize this But like Temple actually got good shit After I graduated <laughs> And like you always want better for like the kids that come under you, but like nah, fuck them. Like fuck I, them kids. All I did, all <laughs> I had was uh, had, all right. Einstein bagel, yay. Wing, you know, wow wings, yay. That's all right. That's yeah. is getting that's getting off topic. Yeah, no, for all sure. Right. So like, I'll be angry at that point. <laughs> Matt, <time.
0: laughs> what you're saying about like, calling out your friends and family members? Um, I I was fortunate enough to to grow up in a very diverse and inclusive household, and I know especially for a lot of brown people and other non-black people of color, that's not the thing like we all know uh, like hispanic latino people who are super racist have super racist families asian people like like brown people plenty of indian people like and that's i like i said, i was just really fortunate with that because um especially in guyana there were race rights like there were a lot of issues and things like that um and don't hesitate like for us non-black people of color like don't hesitate to call out the people around you don't hesitate to call out your family i know a lot of people are doing it for homophobia especially in like you know, pockets of like immigrant communities and like for people of color, like it, you can't just stop it there. Like you have to, you have to do it. And like I've, I've seen it so much to like, I I say this before, like to to have when I first started talking to, Ari, to her to ask me if my family's okay with black people, like that was mind blowing to me because she's like I've experienced it firsthand. You know, like that's crazy to me, but it's it's real life and it's like call out your family members and like. I'm really happy to see a lot of a lot of my non-black like people of color friends and stuff like that who have been doing mm-hmm. that who have been talking about that. A lot of like the Asian people I know have been doing that, talking about like bringing up the things in their family, bringing up how they were raised, how they educated themselves, how they did things better. Yeah. Like I'm I'm happy to see that, and I've been happy to see a lot of a lot of the people that I know. That have been vocal, have been have been going to protests, have been doing stuff like that. Like it, it, it does make me happy, but it's just the first step. Like you know, it's um, just you, you can't stop, man, because we're not gonna get anywhere. And then this is like as as a person of color, like that's it. Like we're we're in this shit together. And then for right now, it doesn't matter. It, our shits, our struggles, whatever we deal with, doesn't matter right now because the main focus is this Black Lives Matter movement and to deal with like I said, like dealing with the issues plaguing the black community and how they're being targeted firsthand and have been targeted the most. And that's when that model minority bullshit comes into play for other races and whatnot. Yeah. So that, that's my thing. That's, that's my piece on that.
3: (laughs) Oh man. Nigga, fuck you laughing about? It's like that. It's right. it's like that. I saw something on Twitter. Okay. I oh, had to, I to do it. my... The I had memes are good. The memes... Oh, it's great. I believe it. Bro, the, did you see Call of Duty uh, pause there? I think it's either an update or a launch of something. Somebody replied to it and was like, oh, I know all the racists are livid right now. It's had the crib breaking shit. <laughs>
1: Same Yo, thing with uh, the PS4. Yeah, PS5 PS- was supposed yeah, to release yeah, on yeah, June 4th. It was supposed to release on Thursday, and, it, and niggas was like, yeah, they're going to push back. Well, Sony said they're going to push back the,
3: you know. Cause yeah, because them shits would have got looted. Yeah. That's what they were like. If they had them shits at Target, it would have been clipped. All right, how about this? We just give free PS5s to all the black people, <laughs> and then everybody else has to wait until, like, August. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> niggas got to give me my reparations first. If niggas could get stimulus checks, I definitely should be getting some reparations. Exactly.
1: Nah, it's you get to get the
3: second round like right now.
1: Yeah. Nah, you know, the window.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nah, nah, Trump, nah, this is what's going to happen. Trump is going to he's going to give us another stimulus check just to shut niggas up mm-hmm. and then niggas going to be like, "Oh,
3: well." Yeah, no, nah,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, we're, right, we're, exactly.
3: I think <laughs> you know how niggas get. You know what, you know what my favorite thing about <laughs> my favorite thing about uh I guess not really about Trump, but my favorite my favorite shit is uh, <laughs> black people <laughs> That sound bite. I know <laughs> That's right. the opening right, no, right. <laughs> My favorite my favorite thing is uh, when black people uh Say to other black people, you're present. Like, my dad loves, like, when he's talking to his friends, he's like, Yo, you see what your boy Trump did? <laughs> <laughs> I do the
1: same thing with my grandfather, gets him so tight every yeah. time. Because... Hey, yo, your
3: man, yo, 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 dad, your man's just wilding out here. Yeah, yeah, you i will be,
1: like, be like, Yeah, granddad, your boy out here bugging. <laughs> I, mean, I know you've seen this nigga on TV. <laughs> all right. I, I gotta make another joke before I actually get into serious. Yeah, but, nah, like, yo, know.
0: the Montclair, the, like, because they've been raiding, like, the Gucci store, like, Montclair, all that shit. There was one where it was, like, called a wild Montclair in the streets the other day, and it was just this Dude, like a <laughs> like a rider, so he had the mask on and everything, and a big ass jacket. Like the sleeves are like dragging on the ground and shit. heavy
3: right. week. You see the dude from the first day of the protest that was walking out that had mad alcohol in his pants, and uh, so <laughs> it was this dude literally robbed liquor, like Jack Daniels bottles, and everything in his shirt and his pants. Right, and the caption was how dudes leave the cookout after bringing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, this
0: is heavy weak.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that nigga got a box head boy. Yo, nah, that's that is... I
1: think
5: the worst boring. thing is that I saw oh that God. I've seen
3: that meme like a year oh ago, God. but it keeps resurfacing.
1: <laughs> all right Yo wait, no, no, no,
3: no, wait, real quick. Alright, top yeah, I, know yeah, y- yeah. Y- I know y'all
1: seen this shit with Virgil. Oh my oh, god! Oh, niggas, niggas, Everything, Everything niggas niggas said, bro. He's wilding. They said. <laughs> said, with Vir- said with Virgil, how he only donated a fifty dollars to the Black Lives Matter movement. They said they gonna start calling fifty dollar bills Virgils now.
3: <laughs> bro, no, <I laughs> that's <this> od. <laughs> I seen this shit two things. Right, it was like one was nothing, on, nothing on the off, like, off cost white cost $50? fifty dollars. Right. The second was so I saw someone quote tweet something. He was like, "I'm gonna keep it two Virgils." <laughs> <laughs> <bills of> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all I'm saying is I've been telling y'all all always been
3: corny always been corny but yeah I don't even I didn't. know who honest I'm gonna be honest cause I'm not into like the oh you know yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> you leave Justin alone. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> like, I didn't even know who Virgil was <laughs> I was like damn why Nick's just laughing at him <laughs> I don't know but I'm gonna join in <laughs> the dude on the $50 bill nigga <laughs> Virgil bro yeah, that shit was crazy. We're supposed to be getting tub dubs. Whatever happened? Yeah, to those, fuck that. That's never gonna happen. We're never gonna get those. Nah, nah. You know what else was crazy to me? Like going back, like dang, I also, dang, I should have asked Laura this. Educational things and school things and whatnot. But like all the history that you learn about in American history, right? And even in Black History Month, right? I feel like it's the same things that are just reurgitated, right? Martin Luther King. And then
0: we don't learn about Malcolm X. We don't don't learn, don't learn about. They never even and, talk about and Malcolm X. This is X, right? and don't this learn is, about Black Wall oh, I cannot, cannot wait right? to talk but like, about. Look, like like Marcus later. Garvey.
3: Yeah. Right. Just yeah, it's even, one par. I literally remember yeah. one paragraph about Marcus Garvey. But you know like, you know you, know, high you high know the main things right? Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and uh, George Washington Carver. Right. And, uh Ruby Bridges. And Ruby Bridges. Right. So yeah, four things. Right. And it's only because all right. I mean George Washington Carver. right the OG. Like he invented match peanuts. Exactly. That's all you know is peanuts. When he had like two hundred and whatever, you know, different inventions
0: for the use of it, right? Nah, bro. When Bodega Boys was making fun of him, bro, <laughs>
3: Larry, like, how you like peanuts that much?
0: <laughs> like it's one Black, of the rules, like, you can't
3: be sending yeah, <laughs> motherfuckers learn. peanuts. It, it's just don't yeah. learn about the Black Panther movement. Don't mm-hmm. right? you don't, don't learn, learn about, about the watch the watch riots, right? Don't learn, right? Like, don't right? learn yeah. about uh, it. It honestly Black took me to.
1: Yeah, like I didn't learn about Definitely. Black Wall Street
3: until college, mm-hmm. and maybe like junior year college. Unlisted bro. in
1: every textbook.
3: Like, it's like they, it was a thriving community, and this, is,
1: and this is and but you gotta think about the textbooks and the people that that are producing yeah. these textbooks, bro. It's like white history is written yeah. by the victor,
3: and yep. so they're, That's only it, gonna, right they're only gonna right there. Only
1: the same thing. Is the same thing with the Vietnam War, bro. Mm-hmm. You look at the Vietnam War through the lens of of European and other people culture, bro. We got
3: clapped if you think about it. I'm, oh man, I've been on this wave. The U.S. got went in there right and got their asses kicked. This big ass country, the U.S. man, they folded. Right? It's like it's like all right, it's like a it's, it's like when the Warriors remember when they started off the season like thirty five and zero or something like that. Yeah. That one year, and the Bucks beat them, and the Bucks weren't good. Good then it was like Giannis like second year or something like that. That's how it. That's how that's how it was. Yeah, yeah. So I was
0: like in the Mavs clapped on by like fifty last year. Sure, yeah. With KD. <laughs> sure, the Mavs yeah. are bad, okay? With KD. Yeah. Yeah, right. They clapped them by like 50. <laughs> it's all right. Led by J.J. Barea. A broken,
3: broken clock well, is broke, right twice though. a day. Let's put it like that. I mean, J.J. Barea shut down LeBron, <laughs> LeBron James, James. So, I mean, yeah, you right. weren't that under undermanned. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but seriously, though, like, you ask anybody, right? Actually average American, right? They can tell you about the Vietnam War. You ask them about, like, the Rape of Nan King, right? They wouldn't know what to tell you, right? Rape of King is... I remember taking a Vietnam class at Temple. One of my favorite classes. It wrote a sixteen-page paper on it. I need to find that paper. But I mean, just the atrocities of it is just it's it's appalling because they, these dudes really just went in. It's almost like just power hungry. Also know? Viking shit. Just like, all right, we're here. We're here to fuck yeah. shit up. And yeah, we're gonna take all the women. We're gonna kill all the kids. We're gonna kill all the men. Asian orange. Like America has done some really fucked up shit. shit I yeah. know. But just going back to
1: like the overall the overarching thing when you're talking about history, bro. History, it's and I, I can I can speak on it from like when I was in US history and what we learned during Black History Month and it's no disrespect to like my my, my, my white teacher at the time, but like we learned shit that I already know about it was the same thing from 3rd grade up until 12th grade it's like that's why i, I used to hate history yeah it's yeah. cuz it's like regurgitating the same exact thing right. like that's like, why like i'm so good at it
3: cuz you don't have to remember Right, new exactly
1: shit. i feel like I, I was like yo i could have taken the fucking us history regions when i was in 7th grade and i probably still would have oh, got yeah. a passing grade cuz like, all the shit that you that you learn about it's like the the main things that are emphasized is the revolutionary war you know mm-hmm. the the civil the civil war those kind, those kind of things, the civil rights movement, but only through Martin Luther King. There's so many other people that was that was instrumental in that in in that aspect of it, including Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why I'm wearing the Malcolm X hoodie right now because this you. nigga don't, this nigga never gets enough credit for what he was saying, and it's very relevant to the things that that you know is happening right now with all the looting, all the rioting. And it's not a knock on Malcolm, but I mean, not, not a knock on not a knock on Martin, but. A lot of the thing, like, there's a reason why this nigga got a day and why
3: Malcolm X doesn't.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: You know? But it's crazy because Martin Luther King understood why there were, and he said, like, you knock somebody down enough, they're gonna riot. Like, this, you know, the riot is basically the voice yeah. of the. only of, push you people know. so far. Yeah. It's almost like, you know what's weird and the ironic part about it is, like, you know, when you're growing up and your parents teach you about, like, oh, if, if someone hits you, hit him back. Or if a bully's bullying you, like, you know, don't tell a teacher, hit him back. Well, that's what black people are doing right now. They're hitting back on the bully. Yeah. Now the bullies getting in their feelings. Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy, right? Yeah. Bullies are usually the weakest people. They, they are. are. I mean, you figure in, in the U.S. history. Cubs. How many pages do you think in the in the history textbook in like the eighteen hundred? Not the eighteen hundred, I should say, but before Civil War. Right? How many pages do you think is talked about like the slave trade and just going None. beyond just the triangle? Mm-hmm. The triangle trade, right? And it, it's cra- really? and it's so
1: fucking it's so fucking crazy when you talk about the slave trade because we only talk about the slave trade in re- in relation to America, bro. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that shit in Haiti. We don't mm-hmm. talk about that shit in South America. We don't mm-hmm. talk about that shit in anywhere else in the Caribbean. You know what I'm saying and people be like be be and it's not just people i would say like the la, Latinx community and i'm very passionate about this will to the day will say that they're not black well my nigga why do we have the same skin complexion where you think you got that from well, I mis-
0: got the
3: same hair yeah exactly why you think your hair more nappy than That's my like, shit like how are you darker than me but i'm a black motherfucker like how how does that make any sense same with indian people that should be killing me <sighs> like, so people so many many like, you you be darker so i like no you, you are not dark, dark. so many of you- <laughs> Dark.
1: Nah, that's a fact. Like, I've met i met some Indian motherfuckers that look Indian and are blacker than me. I'm like, damn.
0: Yeah, I mean that same thing where you're talking about like the slave trade and the rest of the world. The reason why there's brown people in like Guyana in Trinidad is because when slavery was abolished and when they were like revolted and all that shit happened, they went, Okay, we need to get other people to work in the fields. So they brought Indian people. Like they brought Indian people to the Caribbean to go cut cane and call them indentured servants. That's why I say it's like, oh yeah, how'd I end up being brown? Because I had ancestors who were indentured servants, <laughs> and if you can't see me, air quotes. But it's like, yeah, that's what
3: happened. Like, yep. it's always in relation, and, and then always, racial
0: divides come from that.
3: Mm-hmm. It's always in relation to, uh, you know, the economic boom because, let's be honest, the U.S. economy thrived under slavery. You know, and it's it's a ter- it's it's a terrible practice. And from a business standpoint, you're getting all this work, you don't have to pay the people. Okay,
4: free but, labor. It's yes, free yeah. labor so it's just inhumane it, it's it's inhumane yeah, right.
3: from a business standpoint well, a lot of business is inhumane but um sure. from a business standpoint yeah I, uh, the u s economy thrived and so you're gonna tell me that the country that's built off the backs of slaves you wasn't gonna have any type of backlash from that like you didn't think it's almost and it sucked because like when you freed the slaves it's almost like you were doing them a favor like yeah. nobody acts to be here in the first place we used to you know, we was kings. It's like you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome for being freed. I shouldn't have been. In no, I don't know if you saw the viral place. tweet from the from the journalist in Sweden, right? I think he's like a news news somebody. He like heads this news website. Dude list of bullet points, right? He said white people freed the slaves. White people did like. this listen to a whole bunch of things that white people did, right? The white savior complex, right? Well, mm-hmm. white people get called racist. But I'm like, dog, wait, 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 wait. You need to tell me that you guys caused all this, and you want credit. You want for, credit for ending it. Awesome, awesome shield hero shit. Yeah, basically Awesome shield hero shit. Basically, no ABC
1: this week, so it's not a segue. By the way, guys.
3: No, and I, and I think what you were talking about earlier, John, with the uh, the, the divide. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it the light skin versus dark skin thing mm-hmm. in, in our own, in you know the own black community, you know, and that was something that was strategically done by you know slave owners back then, where it's you give privilege to the lighter skinned you know, slaves, dark skin slaves are in the That's field. In every culture where, where yep. people are, are different shades, the lighter lighter shades in the house. And you have to divide because the lighter shade, you know, folks think they're better because that, they're closer, because to they're closer to white people. Right. You know, and I've, you know, I see that with people that aren't black, like, like the Latino community, right. Hispanic mm-hmm. community. I've never understood why, like, how could you guys be racist to, and side with a group that doesn't like you? They only think of you guys as, Day laborers and immigrants, and and have this negative, you know, stereotype about you guys. Why would you be so willing to cozy up with them? Same with like Asians, mm-hmm. I was like dark skin Asians, like, I was like they, and they, they, South they were, Asians
0: too. Dark Indians get the worst of it. Yeah, there shape. were
3: whole internment camps in the USA during World War II. Model right? minority shit. Basically, almost slave like labor when building the railroads. So Union Pacific used like all Asian, you know, immigrants. Also, internment camps is another
1: thing that we did not learn in U.S. history
3: oh so yeah that was one they, paragraph. They, they brush one over paragraph. it yeah mm. oh it's, it's crazy japanese it, uh, they
5: almost made it like it was like a necessary thing like we just yeah. had to do it we it's just had, just had like, we just said, yeah. they wait, attacked wait, wait, us right. so we you know we had to round yeah. them all up it's like you,
1: we don't even get a chance to question
5: it yeah,
0: where's you know? the energy for russians in <laughs> the yeah. cold war
1: about to say, it's, yeah, like, right. it's like i don't want to i don't want to compare it to the holocaust because the holocaust is a completely different plight in itself but i mean if you think about minus the fact that the in in the internment camps, people wasn't getting killed as much as the Holocaust. It was very like similar.
0: Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. The concept is the same. Like mm-hmm. they just weren't gassing just weren't them, guessing. like putting mm-hmm. them in gas chambers. But it was the same thing: rounding up a group of people. You know. I mean, that shit's still happening today with the immigrants from
5: Mexico and the yep. Central mm-hmm. America. You know, was locking them up and like, how you and, and...
3: Were, you, you and then you you see in your your relatives. That's I, I don't know why, but it I, I don't know I don't know if how I should feel about this, but I remember there was this hispanic trump supporter and his wife got taken by ice and it almost made me feel happy not ha- like because i felt bad, I felt for, the, bad for her for the, but for the woman but yeah. it was like to the guy i was like good for you like this is what you th- wanted this is what you wanted your president your guy is out here rounding up people you know yeah. and and to be honest like i don't think people understand like just how much immigrants help the economy
2: yeah. like if,
3: the Im- if we didn't have immigrants bro you're paying like eight dollars for an orange we're not even seeing an avocado we on You want the to table. talk shit about day laborers and stuff
0: like that? They're the people playing straight cash for everything and boosting the economy, doing mm-hmm. all the jobs. That, oh, they're taking yeah. all the jobs. So the jobs are there. You
3: don't want to do them. What is that? You Put waking up like at that. 6 a.m. to go build a house? I don't think so. Yep. I, what job What job in particular? It's not like you can't, you know, and the Marine can't come in and, and steal a doctor job. Like, they're not walking, you know, coming across mm-hmm. a board and be like, you know what? That
0: you don't want to go to school for I'm anyway. a doctor.
3: Exactly. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm going
5: to make it impossible for them to... Become citizens when mm-hmm. they want to. Have you ever? Have you guys ever seen the uh, the test? Or uh, like, tried to uh, do My, it? I have three Mexican cousins, and they've all had to go through that. And the Bro, process. Wicked. First of all, the amount of money they've been working like three jobs, mm-hmm. like supporting a family, and then they got to pay like thousands of dollars to go through this whole testing process. Really? Th- the like, questions are ridiculous because you don't the even. a lot crazy. of them you don't even
3: learn about in school. Yeah.
5: Like they're studying, like like when they're not working one of their three jobs, they got to be studying. You know, they got to turn
3: around and take care of their family. It's like fucked up. Like a lot of people know the like people that pass the test in in, uh, middle school. Yeah, a lot of people that know that pass the test know more about American, like Mm -hmm. how America works, more than the average American. That sounds about right. That's how my brother was. My brother finally
0: got his citizenship like a couple years ago, say maybe two years ago, and he was like, "Yo," and he went to high school here, like, and he was like the amount that I had to learn for this. And he was like, I learned, he, like just like you said, he's like, I know so much more than the average American. And he was like, heavy into politics and stuff like that. And he was like, this was, that's why when he was doing it, he was like, I knew a lot of it already, but the stuff that I didn't knew, it just fuels everything else that I want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Are you talking about what happened yesterday? It got me heated. Yesterday, like I literally just came down just to get some food. And then it was when Chris Cuomo was talking about what Trump did yesterday, bro, with shooting protesters with rubber bullets so he can go take that photo outside oh, the church. That got me... the
1: fucking Bible upside down, bro.
0: Bro, and then literally the bishop from the church came and was like, this is bullshit. And they're like, Chris Chris cuomo has been doing a great job. Shout out to Chris Cuomo. He like, uh, he's been... The way he's been able to articulate things has been great, and I feel like it sums up the way a lot of us feel. And, um... Tell he... about somebody that switched, that's flipped the narrative about him. Mm-hmm. He, um... He, like, he really helped... Like, what what he was saying and he's like this is a church that does so much for the community it's been making mass doing all this stuff so you do some terrible shit like this which is completely wasteful harmful so much just to take this photo up in a church that doesn't even want you there like that oh my gosh and i think someone was like yo we really let this happen like fucking celebrity apprentice bro like that's that's who is present right now and like that that one hurt cuz you have like Early, because I feel like it was worse. Because earlier that day, you saw the videos where it's like this is the first time in like I don't know it was either years or like ever where protesters actually went onto the White House lawn itself. Mm-hmm. Like they cross the gate, and the first video you see was like black kid cross, and then cops start walking towards them, and he's like on his knees, hands up, and then a white girl comes in between them, and is literally like they're trying to push her away, and she literally like stays in between, and um, and then later that day you see, oh yeah, he basically just cleared out protesters. He
3: can take that fucking picture, man. And the White House tweeted out a, a video. It was like a minute 15 video. And it's just him walking with his secret service, going, taking the car to the church, getting out the car. He's holding the Bible upside down, by the way. Say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't say anything. It's just there. Just take a fucking picture, bro. Walks back. Why, like, why did he even take that picture? I don't understand what, what the- what He's the a comment. narcissist.
0: He is the yeah. biggest narcissist. Egotistical
1: fucking maniac, bro.
0: Crazy, right? And, and that's- And again, like, we've, we <laughs> go listen to previous episodes to hear our opinions on religion. But um, that's one of the things. It's like when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to religion, it always goes back to that. Yeah, yeah like, like even like just always. the <laughs> even just principles of, of religion. Like yeah. people use that as an excuse. Like he's out here doing that shit to go incite all his other racist people who are trying to use the Bible as a reason to go do fucked up shit. Like, and that's what he's doing. All his supporters are the people who
3: use the Bible for wrong shit. You know, like, and that's. Right. I, I the irony of people like uh, trying to quote the Bible And talking about peaceful this, peaceful that I'm like, wait, wait a second, hold on, right This man God was out here On his bully I mean, because we all remember What he was doing to Egypt when Moses was like Yo, I'm just, and Moses was peaceful Th- Another, another uh, uh, You know, example, right Moses go up to Pharaoh, hey yo Pharaoh uh, You mind if me and my folks can leave Because, Or at least treat them better, because you're kind of wild right now Pharaoh was like, nah it's like, all right, fine. Send the plague. God was like, oh, they're not listening? Bet. Send the plagues. Man took the firstborn of every Egyptian. And you're talking to me about nonviolence? Bro, God was on his bully. Then- Jesus destroyed a market. <laughs> Jesus was kicking tables over. He was like, fuck this shit. Boom. He was whipping people. bro. It, it was a tables, ladders, and chairs match in that marketplace. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. I don't know why this just reminded me. I don't know why we didn't talk about it. You all see the video? I know you had to have seen the video. The lady in the wheelchair at Target. Oh nigga yeah! yeah!
1: <laughs> 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 said. <laughs> 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 Yo, that shit was crazy. Nah, I gotta find that shit. Oh <laughs> my
0: god, that video was so funny. And the thing is, I didn't <laughs> see the original <laughs>. video till after the first one I saw was um it was was her talking <sighs> about I got sprayed with like uh, all this stuff, and then they were like, bro, you were stabbing she only like- black people as they were trying to get into the Target. So if you stab only black people, they go going to hit you with that fire. Shit, bro. <laughs> she's like, they robbed everything on me. You're stabbing people, bro. And, and she's not even in a wheelchair.
2: In. And she, she can walk. walk! <laughs> she can walk.
0: First of all, like uh, another example. White people age like milk. They talk about she was only 30 years old. I thought The she was spectrum like 50. between 25 and 45. And you don't know where they fall. Bro, 30 years old. She can walk. She was only stabbing black people. She deserved that shit. That... that That, yo did y'all see the video with the um the dude with the bow and arrow yeah that shit was
3: wild first of all who the fuck what did he think this was that he came out with a big ass hunting boat he thought it was he thought it was uh black ops 3 and he was uh what's her face
1: yeah
2: for real that Uh, one and
3: the dude with the sword bro That's
2: all the shit
1: with the sword? Oh, oh, up. they fucked
3: him up. Oh, I'm so glad. Because niggas and they tried to spin it.
1: With a, with a bow and I'm still stuck on the bow and arrow. That oh, shit yeah. had to be. No,
3: he got weak. out of his car with a, with a bow, and bow and arrow arrow. It's a, it's a white dude or a black dude? White, white dude. Come on. Like son. one of those like crazy, you know, hunting. It was bow a hunting bow. Arrows. bow. Arrows. Yeah. What? Shot one, mob came. Boom. Stormed him, right? Stomped him out. Uh-uh-uh. Right? He goes, they <laughs> Fuck interview, that bow. They interview <laughs> him, right? The news interviews him. And he's like, "Yeah, I was just out here trying to defend stuff and blah blah and protect against the looters." And like, I got jumped by uh, like these two black guys, right? Mind you, in the video he's jumped by everyone—white,
1: black, Hispanic. Yeah, because they're like, "What Everybody. the fuck are you doing with the bow, dog?" This nigga thought he was arrow, bro. I don't know. <laughs> he who he, he I, don't know. He, I don't know. Oliver Queen in this bitch. Yeah, he thought. Yeah, I don't bro. know who the fuck this nigga thought he oh was. Oh my God. fake ass Hawkeye
3: trying to violate it's niggas. A fat. Yeah, shot one bow. I don't know if it hit anything, but they messed up his. They messed him up and yeah. then flipped his car. Yeah,
1: good <laughs> shit. They, <that> shit. <laughs> you know, then,
3: the, then there was a the video. <laughs> Look at this nigga out here with a
1: fucking bow. <laughs> hold
0: on, hold on. I, I'm going to show you. I don't know if you, you might have seen it, but I'm going to show you guys this video. But like, I'm not going to show you the caption at first. All right. Oh, yo, I love that one. That's all
2: right.
0: <laughs> Bro, they
2: <laughs> they
1: took the police horses in Chicago.
0: Oh, word. And the thing is, they quoted it and they said Red Dead reparations.
5: Oh. <laughs> That's going to be weak.
1: Fuck. Okay. Horses in the back. I <laughs> still need my I still need my forty acres in the mule, man. But I really can't believe motherfuckers brought out um You saw how they like
5: hacked the ham radio, the police mm-hmm. radio in Chicago. Yo, they brought Anonymous radio. back out, bro. Yeah.
0: They brought anonymous back out. You got witches. Alright, I'm gonna just stop. Anonymous jokes have been great. I'ma I'ma just honest, be honest. Are good,
3: witches? Yeah. yeah, bro. The, yeah, the witches, witches like out. witches are protesting. And a shit, witch. And like, that wicked bitch. <laughs> a witch. I'm
1: much I'm missing a lot on social media. Bro, right they now.
3: said they they wow. threw over at paper plane to the Amish community right and said it's we so ride at cool. dawn. <laughs> Let's do it with it. the bow. I would have
1: drop kicked the fuck out this nigga. I this isn't the niggas f- uh, oh, <laughs> is violated.
3: Everybody right. I'm not right. going to lie, the camera work in some of these protests has been atrocious. <laughs> Cause John, I you know get, you saw the you video. Get, the, you can tell none of these niggas recorded a fight in high exactly. school, bro. <laughs> John, I know you saw the, the video of the of the, the cop that got slumped, that was wearing the oh when, he, when got he, he threw the dude's phone and no and the oh, dude yeah, cocked yeah. back, not like I think I saw that. Lights yeah, yeah. out, right? Boom. But the, the person doing the camera, you don't even see like the you see the. you had to watch you don't a see times. When He falls to the ground. There's a
0: separate video of him on the ground. And oh, they were like they had to like drag. And him they're out. carrying him out. <laughs> he was dead, dead. <laughs> Oh, was, I'm trying to. They said the, 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 not that. That dude the, who had the sword and they
3: fucked them up. They had. They were like, yo, he was
0: crumpled on the ground like Peter
3: Griffin. <laughs> no, I, I was, was crying. You look like how you look like when you've been drinking a lot and you wake <laughs> up blacked out and you're just like, you fell asleep in any type of position. <laughs> uh, but it was crazy because they tried to spin it. And this is what I'm talking about like with the news and things like that. They tried to spin it where it's like, oh, a shopkeeper defending his store got beat up by these looters, and no, it was just some random white dude with a sword that tried to attack this black skateboarder, and everybody just came at him, stomped him out, boom, boom, boom. You nice. see, Speaking of the off,
5: skateboard, though. you see the picture of that dude that he was like, they took a picture of him like mid kickflip in front of the what oh, yeah, yeah, yes. even Word. That was that,
3: that's that's a picture. They're having some great pictures. Is a dude in Chicago this? where he's like biking over. Uh, and then the background is a burning cop car, too. I was yeah. like, dang. The best thing in sports game. news has been JR Smith. That's been the best thing. May day. 31st You're will forever
0: be known as JR Smith Day. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I heard about this. Bro, I just like, I was, again, this was on Sunday, so it was like, my cousin showed me the video. And then, like, after he was like, yo, this motherfucker, we in a residential neighborhood, he broke my windows. So I chased him down and I beat his ass. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm gonna say that we might need to replace the old oh, brother button with "I beat his ass" by <laughs> Jr. Smith because that was that was crazy, bro. I loved it. That yeah, nah, John. That's that's dead ass facts. That's been like the best sports news all week. Mm-hmm. Awesome shit because he really beat. You, know, you he beat saw the, the video breaks right? off he beat, he of him, breaks boy. Breaks off
3: of him. Yeah. Oh man, you start kicking him. I was like yeah. Oh, and then weak 30. ass statements by the NFL and shit. Yeah, we don't. We, we not I'm not even gonna give bro, it up. We don't talk we don't. about weak ass statements. No, no, no. The worst, and I've seen, I've seen the bad. The Islanders had a really bad one because uh, they were basically thanking the cops, right? It seems a really bad ones. Oh, the long worst, team, man, I'd be surprised. The worst is the New York Knicks. Why well, that's not the New York Knicks, but the Madison Square Garden company. Yeah. Shame on James Dolan. Shame on him because he had every opportunity. Because we're waiting, like you see, like as the days go on, I more teams, more teams giving their you know statements, blah blah, blah right? There's just at this point it's like window dressing, but at least you're making the statement. Not even a statement. A memo was leaked to Malika Andrews. And it was an internal memo that said, yeah, we're basically not going to send a statement because we just don't know enough about what's going on. And, Mark Cuban was at the protest. Yeah, And you're kind of thinking like, okay, so you mean the team that has a predominantly black, you know, or has had predominantly black people in the front office, right? In New York, which is a very diverse area, which has a history of police violence, right? You're gonna tell me that you guys couldn't think of something, no, like anything. You could have just been like, "We're all in this together," and mm. just put like you know the the song of you know High School Musical in the background. Couldn't it just nothing like we're not qualified to be like? All you had to say was condolences to the to the Floyd family, police violence, you know, racial injustice. The no? NBA uh coaches association had a good release. They did, yeah, and I like that the panel that they uh, that that, mm-hmm. that they're creating. They had all, and they had
0: all of the all of the coaches and assistants sign that, so
5: that was good. I want to ask actually because I know last week, you know, for the past couple of weeks, you know, you guys have been talking a lot about sports coming back now. Now that we're in this world that we're living in today, do you have any hopes for what players will do as far as maybe like what actions they would take against their leagues that are not responding to this, or just um, making statements?
1: Well, the NFL I think will probably be the best example of this because I think the NFL has the highest percentage of black players outside of the outside of the NBA court. But the NBA don't really count because they always have their shit together. But mm-hmm. the NFL, where it's just like you have a, a very various political differences between the players and the owners. Um, I don't think personally anything will happen where the players do anything in response to it. Um, outside because strictly off of the the principle of Kaepernick, like. We seen what happened when 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 Cap silently protested, you know, he said that he was that he was fighting for police brutality and he just and he just took a knee for the for the anthem. You saw the backlash that happened there. I don't think that I think that NFL where there's so much money and so much unguaranteed money at that, um I just don't see anybody really stepping up to the plate. And I don't know and I have like I said, I haven't been on social media, but I haven't heard anything from any football players like reflecting like anything that is going on right now, strictly because I think the 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 um the owners have that fear factor in them, you know. And that's mm-hmm. a reflection of what the statement that Roger Goodell put out and you know, kinda how the NFL once again fails to really step up mm-hmm. in when we have these kind of issues.
0: Uh, Pat Mahomes said something, but I don't think it was that strong of a statement. It was just kind of like, oh man, I hope everyone's all in this together. Odell said something about cops being good. Um, cause shit. But his family, like his grandmother was like a cop.
3: Like, yeah, I seen like Odell yeah. had been like in some bad... But I didn't, also... I didn't into oh too my god.
0: It. The coon jokes... Elite. Because <laughs> right. one, it's just... They're... First of all, just calling people coon is hilarious. Always will be. But I saw one where it was... A raccoon like this being crowned like miss america <laughs> funny thing I've ever seen him <laughs> wait what I'm, I'm I, I, it. I feel like I've seen that it. picture before funny <laughs> thing I've ever seen him live. but um yeah like I like Lamar has been um sharing like videos of like people and he's like yo these are my people like why is this happening stuff like that I don't think that it's I forgot who said it until Aaron Rodgers does some shit says some shit like players like that like it, things aren't gonna like nothing is gonna change with
3: that. I know it's not the time, but trust. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> boy, I also boy Zach You're one, but no, I, I agree. It's it's Ugh. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. you know predominantly drew you know Brees. drew Brees, sean payton bill belichick you know Pete carroll oh
1: i'm about to say if bill like, belichick came out and said
3: something that would be like it'd be legendary like nick saban came out but it was only after like a few days and it was just like yeah. and I, th- I i don't know if you joe burrow and trevor lawrence have been yeah. saying shit and shout out to them
2: yeah. and yeah but
3: monty jones has been actually covering like this really really well and like mm-hmm. pointing out things it's like you know it's crazy when like trevor lawrence is Mm-hmm. saying stuff and it's not a knock on Trevor Lawrence because we have no before, idea like who uh Dabo but before Dabo right and Dabo's this whole like spiritual guy blah blah and Bonnie had this really good thread of like how white privilege can be you know how some people can't understand white privilege so for like Dabo he grew up pretty poor right he shared a room with his mom throughout college like in the dorm like him and his mom had to share a room right so he built himself up from nothing right so in his mind, he's like the American success story on anything, you know, through Christ, anybody can achieve it, right? Yeah. He's had his obstacles, so it's like, oh, we all have obstacles in our lives. Not knowing that his obstacles, yeah, he has big obstacles too, but if he were a black person a in black the same person, situation, would the be, same it would, situation, be, it would be even harder. So like, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't excuse it, but you can understand why some people would think in certain situations why they would think that they don't have white privilege because they right. haven't led a privileged, I guess,
1: stereotypical stereotypical
3: privilege of life.
1: Yeah. Um, and also I think, and this was even spoken about in the Last Dance documentary. I think that a lot of people, well, not even was was it said? In doc- I don't know if it was said in the documentary, whatever. But uh, oh no, it was because remember the the part when uh, MJ was talking about how like people wanted him to speak out for the black per- oh, for, the, the, for, the, the, for the for the black. Yeah. Uh, Person from North Carolina that was running for I think mayor or senate whatever it was and it was a black dude and Mike wouldn't really like give him support like that. um It just brings me back to the point that a lot of times we try and huh oh okay nah <laughs> I feel I, I feel like a lot of times like we look to athletes and stuff to be these outspoken people and we look for celebrities especially to be these outspoken people but a lot of times you can't really force anybody to be an activist yeah so that's why like when it comes to celebrities speaking out or even athletes speaking out to an extent like. You know, the only person that I know is always going to say something is LeBron. LeBron is probably mm. the most outspoken celebrity that we have, and we need that. But at the same time, it's Greatest like I'm, athlete of all time, like Mike Evans said. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I I just think that other people, like I'm not looking for the Brady's, the the Breeze, the the Rogers to say anything because it's just it's not really their their place to. If they mm. said something, it would help. But I just think the overarching consensus of it is that it's not it's not their fight, and people don't and. We, if it if they knew that and acknowledged that it's not that it's not their fight, but they're going to fight for us anyway, then they would have been said something. But okay. you know, it's not I something mean, that we should expect nor hold them accountable for.
3: You think about the uh, the Bosa brothers, right? Yeah, big time Trump supporters, and they make it known that they are right. Yeah, how do they go? Like, what is the vibe like? You think in the the Niners locker room or the Chargers locker room when you, you know when they finally do get to go back to training camp, yeah. like will they be pressed by you know their teammates like bro like you know you this said some things in the past this your boy things like that you know because you can't support Trump and it not you can't just say like oh I support Trump but I don't support everything. like no nah, like if you throw your hat behind Trump you're supporting everything he does like yeah. that's that's your man's. so I, I, I it'd be interesting to see like you know in terms of like football and locker rooms and things like that even the NHL right who has a history of racism like that is like it's 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 almost like tone deaf like when the mm-hmm. NHL sends out a statement because they literally just had an incident like a month ago with um you know they're the one prospect from the Rangers getting like a whole bunch of hate you know you know mail when he was doing like a was it like video conference right, right. or something like that and only, like, two players actually spoke out in defense for him, you know, things like that. There's only, like, like 15 black players in the league, you know, and they get pelted with, you know, racist things said at them on the daily. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, sports, I, I think, like you said, basketball has been on the forefront of these things. But it yeah. will be interesting to see, like, when sports do get back. And I almost, in a sense, think it's good that sports is not here right now. It is. Because it forces you to...
1: This is you know. this is the this is the attention center of yeah. of of everything. There's no
3: escape,
0: and that's why I think that they're gonna try and push to get it back up now, because they're gonna want like the media, like those people who are in power, the people with the money. They're gonna want people to be distracted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that now there's gonna be a, a bigger push to try and get sports back,
3: especially baseball.
0: They they said it might start back at the end of June.
3: Well, they sent the, the proposal. Yeah. So, But
0: um, I've been, I finally, like, I've been getting back into, like, routine and shit. It's, so, like, listening to some of my podcasts and stuff. I was listening as I worked out uh, to Flagrant. And they were talking about, I don't remember exactly what they were talking about, just, like, a show about, like, the circus. And they were like, there's no circus, so people are upset, and they have nothing to, like, distract them. So because of that, they're going to try and bring it back. to distract the masses to try and get people, you know what I mean? I think that NFL players should be protesting, like, it's not going to happen, but if they would all take knees or do some shit like that, that would be great. The probability of that happening very slim but um i don't know, man. i I, just, I I just see sports coming back and
1: just not much changing i don't I don't but that's why i don't i don't, with this I don't climate, think it should come back <laughs> with the climate of the country now it's like this needs to be the focus. absolutely and it's and it's crazy because covid really gave up a 3-1 lead to racism (laughs) what 28 to 3 28 (laughs) to 3 lead to racism but like yeah now this this is this is really different you know what i'm saying it's like at at the 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 same time
5: it kind of all plays into each other though because the reason why we're able to have this as such a central focus is because of covid it almost feels like the world resetting or like the world's like giving us this opportunity universe is giving us this opportunity to like
0: focus on the issues focus,
5: at hand. yeah like to really you know get, get rid of all the distractions and get right down to it so like my hope is that you know it's we can point uh, we can take list. advantage of this mm-hmm. moment and everybody can really come out of this better and we you know because it would suck to just let this kind of go by
2: mm-hmm.
5: nothing t- with nothing changing because yeah. we really do have a pretty unique opportunity here where All the capitalist bullshit distractions and sports and music, even today, you know, today the entire music industry took like a day of pause where all the major labels agreed to not release anything. And, you know, it's it's like Black Tuesday,
3: right? Black yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. i
0: actually posted uh, a thing for that and then i deleted it because the more research i'm going into it's like definitely don't if you did post it make sure there's no black lives matter hashtag on it but um i just didn't want to like after i realized that it's just flooding feeds and actually not getting people to see the information right. they need to that's why i deleted mine yeah but um they're like just literally use this day to like big up stuff and then i'll probably yeah. talk about like i didn't know that the music li- like labels are doing that and stuff yeah they so, said so, they
3: even announced on apple music that um what's it called like the, the like the blackout thing mm-hmm. exactly and stuff yeah and this also just brings you know there's a lot of conversations you know being held too, like just they're stemming off of like this it's you know, I one of the things I saw, I think it was in Chicago that they're not they're cutting like the the meal program to the schools and things mm-hmm. like that. but then somebody brought up the the budget that's spent on the Chicago police and it's like fourteen mm-hmm. mil. And it's like, it's crazy. Like you think about it, like how a lot of these schools in lower income areas are struggling, you know, to get textbooks, air conditioners, desks, you know, pay their teachers, get meal programs. And yet these cops come out here looking legit. Like they had, they got to pick and choose what type of combat gear Mm
2: -hmm. they wanted to. They prepped their loadout. (laughs) Yeah. Like
3: you prepped the loadout. I was like, dang, like there's enough customization here that I thought I was playing Call of Duty. Like, so it's just, it's a whole lot of, Hopefully, it, it it takes, you know. Of course, we want to look at like the police and like things like that, but just the entire you know society as a whole, the entire system has to get reworked, restructured, you know, things like that. And like as I said earlier, I yeah. don't you know how to go about it. No, but you know, something has to be.
0: I've been seeing um, more uh, like things about defunding the police and stuff like that. So like more people um seeing posting that of ways that are doing in communities and more stuff online about like getting that funding away from the police department into the places that really need it more. So
5: it's a lot of private institutions that are doing good work like that too. Like Laura want to grant thousand mm-hmm. dollars to spend to buy necessities for personal hygiene and food for her kids. So we actually have a thousand dollars worth of all that kind of stuff that her and her fellow teachers are planning to figure out a way to distribute that to all of her kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So like, there's there's a lot of private organizations, especially concerning education, that are releasing funding that people can definitely look into if anybody listening is an educator, especially because you have such a special relationship with communities. Right. Um specifically I'll shout it out donors choose if you're an educator. Donors choose is your best friend. You know, you can get projects funded, you can get grants, you know, plenty of things like that. And it's a lot of it's community driven, community funded. Uh, so look into look into grassroots organizations. You want um do you, do you have anything more you really want to touch on?
3: You ever feel uncomfortable being like the only black person in a room, or feel like added weight of being the like black, like being not even being like spokesperson, but like you're speaking for the black delegation. <laughs> yeah, so it's like at CBS, right? Not a lot of black. Like when I go into the office. There's only like two black people on like the entire floor, at least in that section. Yeah. So I always think I'm like, dang, like if I fuck up this job, is another black person gonna get hired? Like, there's two, there's two black ticker operators, right? And one is like he's he's trying to like get out because he's he's been there for two years. But it's like I always think like, Am I if I mess up, is it gonna look bad on my people? Like, will they be reluctant to hire another black person down the road? Things like that. Is someone that has the qualifications going to be skipped over because, oh, well, you had a black person earlier and he didn't kind of work out. So I don't know. It's just uh, being black America, you always got to think about like a lot of stuff like and worried about like how it looks, you know, it it sucks that you have to be worried about like how you look. And I I know like older black generations think about this, like not making yourself look bad in front of white people. But it's like I shouldn't have to feel that way. Be able
5: to be
0: like yourself. i should just
3: be able to be myself and you know act wow. accordingly my my and if i do something bad and i mess up it shouldn't be a negative plight against a whole group of people it just should be on me if i mess up it should be on
1: it's, Justin, ju- it's not, justin's
2: fault yeah not the, not the black mm-hmm. guy that, yeah you know yeah
0: you know it's funny to bring that up um my my cousin his family like his um, mom's side is from down south like south carolina and he's like when we go there he's like his grandmother So it's, like, old school Southern family won't hire, like, if she has to get work done in the house, doesn't want to hire black people for it because she was, because she's like, oh, like, they just have a history of either cheaping out or doing it bad. So it's, like, still literally, she's, like, she tries to hire white people to do housework. Like, if she has to get, like, renovations like that, and they were, like, one time they had to do something, like, with her roof, and they were, like, grandma, there's not going to be any black people or white people who are going to do roof. It's most likely going to be Hispanic people. (laughs) Like, you got to, you know, like, shit like that. And it's just such, like, an ingrained thing. Like, it's crazy, man. And it, I, obviously, I'm not going to, like, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say I feel the same way. But it's, like, to, I've seen people in your position have to deal with it. And it's it's just upsetting, man. It's, like, I wish that in that sense I can do more. And the most I can do is just speak against that where it's just, like, yo, like, you're not,
1: you're not on your own. Yeah, but, so, yeah. I guess my last final thing, in dedication to Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, um, Amar Arbery, George Lloyd, and um, Eric Gardner, um, Martin Luther King once said, uh, Violence as a way of achieving racial justice is both impractical and immoral. It is impractical because it is a descending spiral ending in destruction for all. The old law of the eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. It is immoral because it seeks to humiliate the opponent rather than win his understanding. Seeks to annihilate rather than convert. Violence is immoral because it thrives on hatred rather than love. It destroys community and makes brotherhood impossible. It leaves the society in monologue rather than dialogue. Violence ends by defeating itself. It creates bitterness in the survivors and brutality in the destroyers. Um, Malcolm X once said, I think there are bl- plenty of good people in America, but there are also plenty of bad people in America. And the bad ones are the ones who seem to have all the power and be in the position- these positions to block things that you and I need. Because this is a situation you and I have the right to preserve the right to do what is necessary and to bring an end to that situation. And it doesn't mean that I advocate violence, but at the same time, I'm not against using violence in self-defense. I don't even call it violence when it's self-defense. I call it intelligence. In regards to both of the the two most famous civil rights leaders that America has seen, whether you agree with violence or whether you disagree with violence, you know, that's to you. The only thing that's going to Make us get over this situation—the civil unrest—and whether that's sa- speaking up, using social media as a platform, talking to your family, or you know, looting a store—you gotta do what you—you you gotta do what you gotta do. Because at the end of the day, this is a situation where we all need to step up—black, white, Asian, and Hispanic. Thank you
0: for those words. Um, yeah, with that, just uh, again, I'm re- I'm really ha- happy that we were able to have this. And we're gonna get you guys next week, you know. Look out for wherever you can donate. If you're protesting, be safe, do what you gotta do. If you're looting, just don't don't get caught, don't post shit. Um be safe, yeah. Cover your that's face. That's it, cover your face. Stay organized. That's it. Just be safe. Look up if you're donating. Um I know Minnesota Freedom Fund has been getting a lot of stuff so they've been asking for elsewhere. Look up, sign your petitions. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. Uh, yeah, like, I donated, like, to Black Lives Matter themselves. You got all the bail funds out yeah, there. The funds, yeah. yeah, the bail funds are huge right now. So definitely just do your research. Check out, before you donate, definitely check out all the resources that you can donate
3: to. And then, you know, where, where, where you should. Yep. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Mattering doesn't mean all lives don't matter, because all lives out. We obviously, of course, know all lives matter, but... You know, we're focusing on the black ones right now because, you know, we're the ones getting killed by the cops, you know, we're the ones who are getting, you know, the the structure and, you know, the foundation of institutionalized racism, you know, it's, it's a lot, it, it goes a lot deeper than just police killings, you know, that's the most, you know, it's the one that we can see with video, but it runs a lot deeper, you know, you know, black lives have been getting killed without police violence, you know, but just a whole bunch of other stuff like that. Um, You can't tell, I I think there's also important to say that black people shouldn't tell other black people how to feel about this. You can't gatekeep this, you know, some people may feel that, you know, peacefulness is the way, some people may feel violence is the way, at the end of the day, you know, we're all trying to get to the same goal. Uh, So just let everybody, you know, run their race,
2: however they feel fit, you know, and we get through this together.